Welcome to the captain's run, another week of rugby league, and it just gets better and better and better because I've got the great Cam Smith here. Smithy, quite weak for you, mate, or what was it like for you? A um, little bit on, Kempy. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit on. What's happening in rugby league? <laughs> oh, mate, seriously. We've gone mad. Now, for the listeners out there, you can mm. download the SEN app. Uh, on the App Store, you can also you can head to Spotify, Apple. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, Eleven seventy in uh, Sydney. We've got sixteen twenty on the Gold Coast and ten fifty three in Brisbane. Queensland listeners listening via SENQ on DAB Plus. Uh, but as I said, if you want to listen to the podcast a bit later, pause it. All that good stuff. Apple and Spotify. Uh, you can follow the Captain's Run and give at SEN League a follow on Instagram. The brand new place to get all your rugby league news. It's a great new. Uh, it's a great new initiative from SEN. They're really, really uh, providing some good content on Instagram. So at SEN League. But Smitty, mate, uh, look, the latest news, there's news coming from all over the shop. Mm. But let's get into the biggest story of the week last week yep. and now this week. Ricky Stewart. Now, I know you've probably already spoken about this. A few times. A few times. <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting one because part of me wants to say he's apologized. He's been punished. Let's all move on. Yep. But then I think of the Salmon family and I'm like, ooh, they don't get to move on that quickly. Um, what are your thoughts no. on the whole situation now that it's simmered down a little bit? Well, with the, with the Salmon family situation, like they still, are they still seeking some legal advice? I'm not sure. On the situation? I'm not sure. Uh, well, that was, the, that was the sort of news at the start of this week. So I think that's always an option for them mm. um, because without, without a doubt, it's defamation. Oh. Um, every day of the week. So <clears throat> watch his space on, on, on that point of it. But um, I, I, I was shocked, Kempi. I was really shocked. Mm. I, I don't know how you felt about it, but I, I was extremely shocked when I heard the comments from Ricky. We've all seen him you know, have his say uh, in post-match pre- press conferences and at times um, he certainly has um, pushed the boundaries as far as comments and remarks around officials and, and what happened on the game and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, that, that was just a clear crossing of the line. Mm. Like you just don't go there in, in, in that forum. Um, he, he's, he said as much um, in the days uh, post the, the comments that he made that it was the wrong thing to do. Um, uh, and, you know, now he's, he's copped a week for it. Mm. I, actually, I, I I thought that was quite light, to be honest. Mm. One week, um, you know, fairly significant uh, fine involved, $25,000. It's a lot of money. But, um, yeah, I, I actually thought it was going to be more around a minimum of, say, two weeks mm. suspension from the club. Yeah, mate. Uh, I, I was – look, I can – one week, I can uh, be like, yeah, okay, fair enough. But I'm, I agree. I think I would have probably landed around the two-week two, two week mark. Look, I think one week is reasonable. Um, I agree with you, though. I think the key for me is, is I – look, if I'm being honest, I used to enjoy his blabs. Like, mm. I really did. Like, as a footy fan, I thought it was great that we had this guy that, okay, yeah, sometimes he crossed the line. But I think the key for me was always it was about the football with professionals. So yeah, that's right. whether he's having a crack at the refs or, or whoever it was – they're professionals, they're a part of the game, and he's having his opinion on that situation. Mm. And that's where I can go, you know what? I kind of like the passion. I like the fact that he's willing to say it the way he feels, whether it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I think, as you said, the line is is when it's not in football. That's right. And and when once you get across that line, it's yeah, it's no it's a no go zone. Now, I think 
the reason uh, the reason why I'm a bit surprised he only got one week was because he obviously has form. He's got a, I think it's one hundred sixty thousand dollars worth of fines now. Yep. Um, but I will say I'm, I'm still even though I would have thought around the two weeks, I'm still happy with a week. Uh, like I, it's his team is in a very crucial point of the season right now. Mm-hmm. They need to win every single game. Go, pr- pretty much, they need to win three or four, and they need other people to lose. I think two games. Mm-hmm. So. I'm I'm relatively happy with it. I don't think it's an outrage that he only got a week, but no. I I probably would have landed around the two week mark. Yeah. Um. No, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I'm I'm along the lines of you. I, I just I just thought one was a bit light. I was expecting two, but mm. yeah, it's one week and he's now not at the club. Like you got to remember, it's different to a player mm. uh, where they can go in and train and even be at the game. Mm. Um, Ricky Stewart has been told he can't have any contact with the players. Mm. He can't go to the club. He can't be around training. Can't be at the game. I don't think he can return to training until next Wednesday. Yeah, wow. wow. Uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a lengthy time out of or away, separated from the team mm. um, as being the head coach, particularly at this part of the year. Like, it's a really mm. important time for them. As you said, they're not in the eight at the moment. Uh, they're looking for an opportunity to get in there. I, I still think they will. We'll probably touch really? on that a little bit later, but I, I think they will. They got a, out, of, out of all the teams – um, sort of in the eight or even searching for a position in the eight, they've they've got the softest run. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's why it was like if they could have got the win on the weekend, mm. it would have set them up so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I think that the NRL made a point to say that he will be personally paying the fine. Um, rather than the club. Rather than the club the paying Raiders. it. Yep. Which I tell you what, 25 grand stings a lot. You're paying it. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of cash. A lot of cash. He's got plenty, Ricky. Plenty. <laughs> um now, uh, let's get on to – so, yeah, as I said, it's been done. Obviously, the Salmon family, they've got to they've keep dealing with it. But from a perspective of, like, speaking about Ricky and everything he's done, I, I hope we kind of move on as a game kind of thing after this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it uh, sends a – like, I think it's the first of its kind, isn't it? Like, Yeah, I've never seen anything like really, it in any sport. I can remember. And, mm. you know, you and I have only sort of been watching and following football. You know, we're only – I'm 40, you're 30-something. I'm 25. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been sort of listening and watching coaches talk for about, let's say, 30 years. And how long are you, 20 years? Uh, well, I retired when I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's people out there that have been following the game much longer than us. Let's put it that way. Um, and it's the first time, you know, you and I have seen anything like it. Let's let's hope we don't see any more coaches going down that personal sort of attack yeah, route sure. in, in, in um, NRL post-match press conferences again. Now, the Isaiah Papali'i situation just seems – I mean, the smoke keeps rising. It keeps rising. There hasn't Mm. really been – look, there's been conflicting comments from Isaiah Papali'i. On one side, he said, I can't wait to work with Benji and Robbie. Yes. And then on the other side, he's almost – he refuses to commit, as in to say, I will be there next year. Okay. Yeah, basically he said that I'm dealing with footy right now. I'll deal with anything else at the end of the year. Okay. Which means in my, which definitely means in my opinion that he's definitely it's like, question marks. It's question marks around the situation. <laughs> um, look, I I personally think, regardless of who's going to be the coach, if you sign a contract to an organisation, uh, I believe you should honour it. But mm-hmm. what do you think about the whole situation with Isaiah Papali'i? It's a difficult one because, again, I'm I I tend to agree with you. I think if you sign a contract, I think you you need to uphold that that agreement. Mm. Um, but you can you can understand where Isaiah Papali is coming from because I believe he signed that contract with the West Tigers um, 
in the belief that Michael Maguire was going to be the coach. Mm. So a huge part in decision-making is is going – when you're signing with a football side is because of the coach. Mm. You're not necessarily just signing with that club. Mm. Um, there's, there's reasons why you make decisions to leave a certain club to go to another one. Mm. Sometimes it's fi- you know, a financial decision. Yep. Sometimes it's an opportunity – to, to win a premiership. Um, but if you're going there to win a premiership, usually you're going there because of the coach as well because he's going to give you that opportunity to to win a premiership or or be you know, the best player you can be. Um, and I believe that's one of the main reasons why Isaiah Papali was, was going to the Tigers is because he believed Michael Maguire was going to be there. Now, he's since been removed from that position. So the situation has changed mm. um, for Isaiah Papali. So I can understand why he's now having some uh, question marks over whether he should leave or not. Mm. Um, but there is a contract in place. But history shows, particularly over you know the last, what, five or six years, these contracts don't really mean... <laughs> Holy, holy moly! Yeah, and it's interesting. And, and one of the arguments that people have put forward, uh, I guess, it would probably be play people that aren't Tigers fans. But you know, to be fair, they did break uh, Madge's contract. I mean, they both agreed, so it wasn't a breaking by one party. Like Madge would have had to agree to the settlement to let yeah, of course. to walk away. Yeah, yeah. but they did probably. Well, it seems like they approached Madge and said, "Mate, we want out." And so, like, some people say, well, it's a bit rich for them to expect, like, to be upset if Papali'i breaks his contract when you guys literally yeah, just similar got rid situation. of the mm. um, And so it's it's such a complicated one. I, look, I personally still think that if you sign the contract, for you're a professional, you're getting paid a lot of cash to go there, a yep. lot of cash. Um, like, I'll put it this way. if Let's say he goes there. Let's say he goes there with Madge and they go terribly and Madge gets sacked mid-season. Does he just go, all right, I'm out? I'm out. Yeah. Mm. Um so, yeah, I can see both sides of the argument. Now, someone brought up a, a good point. Is there, is there a, I guess, a world, and you probably have a better understanding of how it all works, is there a world where the NRL could kind of step in and say you can't backflip on contracts and, and kind of enforce, you know, contracts to go through? Ooh, I'm not sure, Kempi. I, just, I don't know because I think that, that then goes down the path of maybe um, a restraint of trade. Mm. Um to say that you can't break a contract because you know these th- contracts in in real world happen all the time yeah. like breaking of contracts mm. you may have a contract with in with a certain company in a certain industry <clears throat> um and then you just you're not happy in that situation and there might be a mutual decision to move on and that that contract is then ended mm. and you go start another contract with another company mm. uh, another rival company yeah um there's there's all there's Obviously, clauses in place around those those um, changing of employment, but I, I don't think the NRL can say once you sign a contract, that is it. Mm. Yeah, no, you, you I cannot agree. get out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree too. Because then it goes to the point of like, okay, well, what if a club wants to move a coach on or a player mm. on? It's like then they can't break it. So no, I agree. It was just something kind of brought in. I will say though. Uh, it costs heaps to break your phone contract. That's for sure. Can we talk about that? NRL, can you get on to the phone companies? You're going to send me broke. 
<laughs> what, what happened? No, I mean, I, I'm scarred. It was years ago. I'm loyal oh, right. now. Okay. I'm just talking about 10 years ago yeah. when I was like struggling to buy noodles on the shelf and I had to pay me contract out. Um, no, no, but uh, back yeah, it'd to be, the It'll be, be a difficult one, mate, because um, I, I think you see it more and more now because I, I, I just think back to when we were younger, you, I don't remember seeing like coaches moved on as frequently as you, mm. as we do now mm. um, because there's so much pressure on results yeah and and there's you know a lot of you know corporate money being put into uh, the game now and and into clubs the, these these um, sponsors and uh, you know people tipping money into uh, these organizations the you know the, the clubs of the NRL they want they want results mm. um, so there's a lot of pressure on um, the administration and the board um, to make decisions around the football team, and that includes not not just the playing group, um, getting the right playing group, but it's having the right coach there. Mm. So we've seen how many coaches over the last oh, even just two seasons, mate. It's it's been so hectic. Moved on, resold. Well, it's kind of been so hectic that the the coaching pool is revealed how shallow it is yeah you know right now there's there's clubs that would be keen on a new coach and there's literally just no one there there's no no one there yeah yeah um, so I, I think that's why we find ourselves in this situation with isaiah Papali is because it's it's happening so often now mm. with you know with coaches being moved on halfway through the year when they they may have signed let's just say two or three players and those players uh, of the belief that that coach, that current coach, is going to be there when they turn up the following year. Mm. So I think that's why we're seeing more and more times now where players go, oh, "Hang on a minute, yeah, uh, nah, I'll just, I do don't want to go." Do you think? That, <laughs> do you think they need to change the November first date to make it like so you can't sign a whole year out from your end of your contract, or is that just going to make it harder to manage salary, manage salary caps? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably six one half a dozen the other there. Yeah. It's it's again, yeah. It's it's a long way out for players to sign yeah. down the track, and then a lot of things can change as we, mm. you know, particularly with the coaching situation we just mentioned. But also, I think clubs are trying to get on top of like their salary cap stuff as well, just to make sure that they're all ready to go. Nine coaches have been sacked since the start of two thousand and twenty. Well, there you go. Holy! And there's only sixteen teams in the comp, so <sighs> that's a lot. Wow. Over a t- two seasons. Well, we're not even done in 2022. So, yeah. Well, when was the last coach let go? It was Madge, wasn't it? So, basically, one yeah. and a half years. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nathan Brown? Yeah. Well, then that was halfway through the year. So, yeah. you're looking at one and a half seasons. Mm. Wow. Anyway, we're going to head to the break. I'm not going to let you marinate on that. That's a big stat to marinate on. I tell you what, mm. if you're driving in your car, nine coaches, one and a half seasons. Wow. Now, after the break, we're going to talk about. Will this have effect, Ricky's situation, with the Raiders versus the Dragons? Obviously, the Raiders are playing to make the eight. Um, also, uh, we're going to talk about you know the preview of the round. We're going to talk about the Australian, a few Smokies for the Australian side. Make sure to call in 1300 01 1170. Give us a call 0457 736 736, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. We just watched Smithy miss a conversion on the Fox League Classic match. He doesn't miss many. Oh, hit the left upright. Oh, no, Smithers. Smith. He doesn't miss many. Uh, now, uh, let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the show. Uh, download the app, SEN app, but also you can subscribe to the Captain's Run on Spotify and Apple. Uh, give us a call, 1300 01 1170, or give us a text, 0457 736 736. 
Now, we've got a caller here. We've got John from Harrington Park. How are you going, John? G'day, boys. Hey, Dan. I'm Cameron. Hey, John. How are you? Going good, mate. What have you got for guys, us? Guys, what, what I'm ringing up about, can players, these clauses in contracts, is it about time that some of them go? Like, what I'm going on about is uh, Isaiah was going to the Tigers knowing that they weren't going too well at the time, that, you know, People were saying that Mike McGuire might not see out the year or whatever when he signed the contract. Could he have put a clause in there to say, oh, you know, it's null and void if, if Mike McGuire sank? Um, you can possibly. Have, you can have essentially any <clears throat> yeah. clause you want if they agree to it. You can, you can have a clause in there um, like that one. Uh, John, if if the club allows it, I guess as as part of the agreement, you can you can have pretty much any clause you want to if both parties agree to it and and are and are both aware of it. Um, I'm not sure whether that was in there. I don't think that's been um, brought up at all. Cam, if you're a, if you're a club down the bottom of the table and you know that your coaches may be on borrowed time, mm. you're not going to want a clause like that put in. If you if you've got a good player that signed up for uh, because he was getting big money. Yeah, that's right. You don't want that clause in there. Yeah, no, you exactly. Don't want that clause in no, there. you're right, John. I, I agree with you. If if you're if you're the West Tigers, no, I agree with you. Particularly if you've got a little bit of inside information that you're you're <laughs> trying to get the coach out of there, mm. which which they would have yeah. had. Like they, they would have had some idea, I believe, that you know, that things weren't working with Michael Maguire and that they yeah. had some small idea that that was not going to be um, the situation in in 2023 that that he was going to be the head coach. So I, I agree with you. I, I'd be. I think the club would be quite reluctant uh, to do that. Um, but you know, if they weren't if they weren't certain that they were going to sack him, and they were really really keen on getting Isaiah Papali'i, and that was really the thing standing in the way, I dare say that they they just agree to that clause and say let's at least get him to sign, and he may not. He may not take up that clause um, if we are to get rid of Michael Maguire. Mm. Yeah, uh, but they and also um, lost my train of thought very quickly though. Mm. But um, but obviously he's been offered. Uh, obviously Parramatta have freed up some money well, because Pat- why wouldn't he have stayed there in the first place? First place then. Mm. Well, They've obviously freed up money, so he's going to get more money to stay at Parramatta now. Or, or if he goes wherever else, he's going to get probably roughly the same as he was going to get at the Tigers. Yeah, well, we don't know that situation, do we? We, we don't know. We don't know whether the Parramatta have come up with more money, or he just feels as though, look, I, you know, I think it's best for my football that I stay, and I'm happy to stay for a little bit less than what I was getting at West Tigers or what I was offered at West Tigers. We don't know that situation, um, but yeah, I, I guess it's uh, watch this space. Mm. Mate, thank Thanks you. Thanks for listening to me. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Appreciate the call, mate. Uh, brought some great points, some great points. Now we've actually got Luke. Luke, you there, mate, on the phone. Hey, Dennis. How are you going? Very good. Thanks, How mate. are you, Luke? Yeah, very well, Cameron. Thank you very much. Uh, just obviously, I mean, the guy stole my thunder just then. <laughs> the thing I had a problem with is the fact that you can sign a contract so far in advance. Yeah. And so when it comes time to honour that contract, the landscape's completely changed regarding salary cap, mm. regarding your form, so your worth. All those things come into it, and that was a, a an RLPA thing that they wanted to be able to do to sign contracts so far in advance. Mm. And now I find it a bit hard that Clint Newton is asking Papa Lee to honour his contract when 
Parramatta, they obviously wanted to keep up a league. There's no doubt about that. Mm. They couldn't afford it, salary cap restraints. They said, sorry, mate, we haven't got the money. And I remember when he had to let Brad Arthur know that he was leaving, he was you know, pretty upset about the whole thing. But now things have changed. They've got the money. Papa he doesn't want to go to the Tigers, but it's only because he signed the contract so far in advance that that situation's changed. You know, So, I mean, the, the Rugby League Players Association, I, I assume that they wanted those rules in place today regarding being able to sign so far in advance. Yeah, I think they did. And I think the NRL and a lot of particularly fans, they've they've asked for this rule to be changed mm. is because they don't... They I think fans, they, they really dislike how... Say Isaiah Papali'i, like he signed 12 months in advance, like they're watching a player represent their club knowing that he's leaving. So there's always, like all that, all that needs to happen is that that player to have an off week, Kempi, and just maybe not play as well as they know they can play. And then the question marks start coming up, oh, like is he committed? Um, does he really want to be here? So I guess it's a little bit unfair on the fans. It can be quite unfair on the players too. But But I think that was pushed by the RLPA to say, Listen, we want to give these um, these players an opportunity to start preparing for like their move. So you know, sorting out accommodation, um, sorting out maybe schooling for their children, um, some work for their uh, their partners, um, and and yeah. So rather than being last minute and then having to organise all of that stuff, say in the in the in the space of maybe two or three weeks, they wanted to be able to give them an opportunity. And and I don't know whether that. Kempi, you asked the question before. I don't know whether November 1 needs to be moved mm. to maybe, I don't know, June the following year. Yeah, it's so just, it's a bit closer, you know what I mean? But yeah. then but then, there's always going to be an issue with that because whenever it's so far out or even if you move it to June um, leading into the following season, then fans will be like, well, we're in the middle of our this season's campaign. We're doing so well, and oh, our halfback's off contract, and he signed somewhere else. And there's all this hubbub around That's right. negotiations. That's and, right. And half our team, like, for example, let's say, you know, let's say they did put it to June 1st, uh, or June 1st, or June 30, or whatever it was, there'd be a lot of clubs that would have like five or six blokes in the depths of negotiations. And I think another reason for why they moved to November 1st was to try to make the negotiations be not as, I guess, um, you know, how many times have we seen in yesterday? Interruptive, yeah. Yeah, in, in yesterday, mm. contract negotiations were crazy. Yeah. Like, it's coming around finals footy. And anyway, mm. um, I think personally, uh, Luke, is that like, okay, you've got this one one guy that may backflip, he may not backflip. But I think for all the positives it brings, um, we, we have to weigh out like, okay, we've got one guy, but how many other guys move guys and girls mm. move and it's a positive for their life you know yeah. have to really weigh up does it does this one guy or one guy season backflipping outweigh the positive of you know 50 guys and girls being able to move you know at the at a, a nice pace mm-hmm. not being stressed on the family or the kids or anything like that so but yeah thanks for the call Luke really appreciate it mate no worries Luke. Uh, no, now mate. we've got Sati Sati from Melbourne you there mate we got you Sati Thank you, Hemi. Got yep. you, mate. Yeah, but, hey, mate. Uh, just as a Melbourne Storm um, fan, I'm happy that the um, that the club signed um, Ali Katoa. I uh, can't believe the Warriors let him go. Yeah. Um, and that just um, and and just your thoughts, boys. Um, I was thinking uh, for the Warriors, why don't they um, uh, uh, do a combine and they can pick homegrown players, and the rest of the 15 other teams can't pick anyone until the Warriors. 
have picked their team. You know what I mean? Because the last time they were in the grand final, 2002, you know, 80% of them were Kiwi players. And you had, you know, guys like Kevin, um, uh, you know, Campion and all those blokes, PJ Marsh, just leaders. And mm-hmm. in 2011, they had a few Aussies there, but most of them were Kiwi players. Um, um, you know, like, because like, the Warriors, like, they have to be the worst team at developing, um, uh, the worst club at developing a team at the moment, the last decade. Uh, yeah. That's just my yeah. thing. I don't know what you boys think. Yeah, well, they're, they're up against, like, rugby unions. you got to remember, like, rugby union is the number one game in New Zealand. So a lot of the kids, nearly nearly every um, every kid that grows up in New Zealand is playing rugby in school. Um, I, I know there are certain parts of New Zealand that, that tend to play more rugby league, but it's so dominated by union and, and the op- opportunity to be an all black, I think, is, is massive in New Zealand. Now, I've never lived there. Kempi, you've lived there for a little bit, so you could um, expand on this a bit more. But I, I think that's probably the number one thing that, that young kids look at when they're playing any, any form of rugby, whether it be league or union, is they, they, they want to be an all-black. Um, so for starters, they're up against that. Um, and then secondly, I think it really has diminished like their development opportunities over the last couple of years being in Australia. I really do. Mm. And, I, and I think we'll see the effects of – the Warriors going back home, being based in New Zealand um, from the end of this year, mm. I really think we'll see an improvement in their development and young guys coming through over the next, let's say, five seasons. Mm. Mate, totally agree. Now, we are gonna we have to head to the news. After the news, though, I'll give my answers on the topic. Uh, thanks for calling, Sati. Really appreciate it, mate. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the captain's run. Now, just uh, on what Sati was saying in regards to the Warriors' development, really interesting because... When you look at the New Zealand side right now, you can clearly see the talent is there. On paper, I would say the New Zealand side is as good as the Australian side. So I think that that's evidence of if the NRL put a bit of money into... The Kiwis we're talking about. The, the Kiwis. The national side. Yeah, the international side. So apologies, yes. apologies. Yes. The Kiwi international side. Now, on the flip side of that is that I think that I'm pretty sure no Warriors were in the New Zealand side that played recently. If not, no, it was mm. like minimum. Mm. And so the talent is absolutely there. Even what's crazy is even though rugby union is the number one sport over there and it's all blacks, mm-hmm. they still have enough talent to be able to compete with Australia at a higher level. Yeah. Um, and so my argument would be if the NRL does want to expand into New Zealand and it does want to try to you know make a second team there or whatever, it needs to invest into development of New Zealand. It needs to go and look at, okay, how do we put things in place to stop every club from picking the best young players in New Zealand and bringing them over early? Now, obviously, you don't want to restrict opportunity. There are some young Kiwis that just want to come to Australia, and that should be fine. But we need to make it so it's super enticing. And enticing? Is that a word? I don't even know this word. Enticing. Enticing. <laughs> wow. I'm a radio host, guys. Enticing. You can do anything. If I can be a radio host, I can barely speak. Mm-hmm. You can do anything in your life. But entice, um, enticing. Yep. They need to make it really enticing for young Kiwis to say, no, no, I want to stay in New Zealand and I want to play for the Kiwis. Um, and in that way, if they keep the best of the best, if New Zealand keep the best of the best that are Kiwis, mm. I'm telling you, they will absolutely terrorise the competition. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's my opinion. I think the NRL needs to win. I know it might be seen as an unfair advantage in, in a quotation, but if we want to expand this game, we need to make sure that uh, the Kiwis uh, have an incentive to stay in New Zealand and play footy. Well, talking about the like the Kiwis and how strong they are, they're, they're ranked higher than the Kangaroos right now. Yep. 
like in the world rankings of rugby league. And yet the Warriors are struggling. Mm. And I, yes, I totally, totally appreciate they've been away for two years. I agree. It's a big reason. Yeah. But. Well, I think that's that's the, the point that um, Sati was making too, is that, okay, so the Kiwis, the international side, mm. uh, are really strong right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a, um, a great uh, playing group mm. um, and, and representation across the NRL. But there's hardly any New Zealand players like New Zealand born players mm. playing for the Warriors. Mm. It's uh well yeah, in New Zealand internationals playing for the, the Warriors. No, it's mm. it's t- and like a guy like Katoa, I know I think he come from Tonga mm. um rugby union, but like they should be able to keep guys like yeah. that and they should be able to get the best out of guys like that. And yep. what's what's I guess a frustrating for Kiwis fans and you know every club deals with this. I'm sure the Tigers, I'm sure the Doggies, even the Broncos when we were struggling the last couple of years is that as soon as he signs with the Storm, mm. everyone goes, oh, man, he's going to be good. <laughs> and it's yeah. like that's the difference in development. That's the difference in systems, yeah. in my opinion, anyway. Well, I think that's – well, that's the challenge for the Warriors then is, is to be able to build um, uh, an organisation, a place, an environment where where local talent want to be. Mm. Okay? So if an opportunity comes up to play at Melbourne, people what, – what do players do? They jump at it. Like, oh, Melbourne Melbourne want to sign me. I'll, I'll go down there. Adam Dewey wanted to go down there. You know he's I mean? the leader of the Tigers. Yeah, so he's come out and said, I would have loved to have gone down there. Yeah. He said that. He's quoted as saying that. It's the one thing in my career like, I wish that I could have experienced. So, That's how, yeah. you know. The... So, so maybe maybe if, you, if you're if a club like, you know, the Warriors or the West Tigers, and, and I know it's easier said than done, okay? I'm, I'm not just saying just go out and click your fingers and this will happen, but maybe that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. To try and entice young players coming through, like your young guns, um, you know, even even established players that that are you know in top handfuls of their position in the NRL. If you want to entice them to your club, create an environment where players want to be at. Mm, they yeah. want to be a part of that, so they go, yeah, you know what, I want to be out. I want to go play for the Warriors. Mm. I want to go play for the West Tigers. Mm. Start creating that environment. That's that's the biggest thing. Yeah, it's not about who's your coach. Um, you know, how much are you going to pay me? Sure, that comes into account. But I think on the most part, it's about an environment that they're a part of where they know they can get the best out of themselves and they're going to win footy games. Well, we look at uh, Gus Gould, and I think it was Peter O'Sullivan. Was he at the Storm for a bit, Peter O'Sullivan? He was a little bit, yep. Uh, They were at the Warriors for, what, a year? Mm -hmm. And they managed to sign like... And so it it shows it can happen. Like Mm. When Gus Gould and that were involved in the Warriors, they definitely had the pull to get players to the club. Uh, so really interesting time for the Warriors. I, I they put it, and just to be clear though, mm. I was at the Warriors and the admin, the club, yes, is is incredible. Yeah. Matter of fact, I would argue when I was there, their admin and the, how much they cared about their players yep. was up as good, if not better, than other clubs that I'd been at. Okay, like for example, Broncos, they cared, but it was a much more like we didn't really have much. We had association. A bit of a, exactly, it was a bit of a distance between us and the admin. Okay. And, and I guess the when I was there, the feeling was, mm-hmm. um, we we want you not to hear about the admin. We want to run the ship so smoothly. Okay, user are out there to play footy. Okay, they actually, have, we used to have this thing above when we ran out. Is basically we'll provide you with any everything that you need. All you need is a good attitude. Okay, and that was the mantra at Broncos. Whereas the mantra at Warriors was very family orientated. Like mm-hmm. anything you need, call anyone. My phone's available. Yeah. So the club, that's it's, right. a, it's a great club. I've actually heard that as well. Yeah, from. Uh, Guys like Brent Tate and mm. Steve Price, Nathan Friend, Ryan Hoffman, all mm. the people that I know have gone over and played there, they've, they've all said the same thing. So 
great club. Just need to get some get some talent there and start building some local talent, which is I think where our listeners are saying. And we got a text here too, Kempi, from uh, Kiwi Merkin. Mm. Said morning, fellas. On SENZ Drive last night, there was talk of Isaiah Papali'i talking to the Warriors. Apparently, he wants to head home on compassionate grounds. Um, his girlfriend plays netball in New Zealand. Mm. Be interesting because he come from the Warriors and he yeah. was struggling for form at the Warriors and look what he did. Oh, now he maybe he, now maybe he's a much more mature man now and he'll take back the standards in which mm. he you know was able to develop personally. Oh, he's a fantastic player. Like, he's the best back row in the comp last year. Unbelievable. He's so good. He's so good and he's so consistent. There you go, Warriors. So that's exciting times. Exciting times. Now the battle for the top eight it rages on. Do you think, Smithy, that the top eight will change dramatically? Now. It's it's as crazy as mm-hmm. the Broncos could drop out of the eight, but they could also finish as high as, I think, fourth. Yep. Do you think the top eight changes as to what it is now? I'll give you a quick little rundown. I took this – I've seen this um, this graph online, Kempi. Mm. So Panthers, they're, they're locked. They can't drop out of top four, okay? So don't worry about them. Cowboys, best they can finish is first, worst eighth. Let's just see, like, with these, like, there's only four games to go, but listen to this. Cronulla, best finish first, worst eighth. So they're in. They're both in. Yep. Storm, highest they can finish second. They can drop out into tenth. Wow. Eels, same thing. Second, tenth. Rabbits, second, eleventh. Broncos, second, eleventh. Roosters, second, eleventh. And then Raiders, they can they can finish in the top four, like believe it or not. More than likely won't happen, yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying scenarios here. Fourth or 14th. Okay, Manly, fifth, 14th. The Dragons can still make it. They can finish fifth. How good is that? Uh, or 14th. So there's only, there's only uh, five teams that can't make the top eight now. So that's the Doggies, the Knights, Warriors, Tigers, and Titans. They're all done, mm. but the rest of the competition are still fighting for semi-finals berth. I love it. It's just amazing. I love it. And compared to last year, oh, it was the just, standard it was, was terrible. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was, yeah, it was crazy. But anyway, um, some, yeah, some, and some really, really important games this weekend that we'll get into with our, with our preview, but um, all kicks off tonight. The two big dogs. Ooh, cannot wait. Now, I want to ask you, is it safe to rule out Raiders, Dragons, Seagulls from the finals contention? Is it safe? Oh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not ruling out the Raiders. There's no wow. way. There's no way. Even even with Ricky Stewart not there uh, for a week, I'm not ruling out the Raiders at all. They could go four from four. They're above every play, every team that they play. For well, the rest well, of the well, considering. Okay, look, considering considering Canberra. This is this is their remaining games: St George, Newcastle, Manly, West Tigers. They're all bottom eight sides. Yep. Compared to, say, a run like Parramatta, who take on the Rabbitohs, mm. then they got a well, they got the Bulldogs, but you know, like, Bulldogs are playing well. Bulldogs, big Cowboys, yeah. Broncos, Storm, Storm have got Penrith, Broncos, Roosters, Parramatta. Oh my god, Roosters have got a pretty heavy. And, and then the Roosters, yeah, I was going to mention the Roosters. They got Cowboys, West Tigers, Storm. Bunnies. Ouch. So a lot of these teams fighting for positions in will lose points in the top eight. Well, they're playing each other. Yeah. So they have to lose points. So oh, oh, like, there's no way. Like, apart from like Penrith. Okay, they win tonight. I think that all but seals a minor premiership. Mm. They're they're locked for the top four. I say North Queensland. Look, well, not guaranteed, but they got they got Chooks, Warriors, Rabbits, 
Penrith to finish with at home. Like, so how exciting! I'm sort of thinking Penrith, North Queensland, and Cronulla. I'd say are sort of safe for top mm. four, mm. but outside of that, like depending on results, there could be so much change in this top eight. It's, it's, it's so super much exciting. change. It's super exciting. Uh, now, I just want to talk to you quickly, Smitty. Uh, the, the Cam Munster at fullback. Oh, <laughs> mate, how good was that? Is there is there a world, I know it might sound crazy, but is there a world that, you know, once you get Hughes back, he stays there for the rest of the year? I th- I thought he would have been there this week. I thought he would too. Yeah. Just keep him there. Because, yeah. like, uh, we, we speak about it on the, the Monday podcast a little bit, but as a defender, what am I more scared of? Munster at six, where mm. I know where he is and I know where he's lining up, or Munster popping up anywhere and I have to be ready for it. Yeah. Well, he gets a look at more opportunities, doesn't he, when he's playing mm. fullback. He can, as you mentioned, he can he can roam the field and he can just pop up where he feels um, he needs to be. Uh, but I was a little bit surprised. I thought he would have kept him there. I, I think the only reason... The only reason he's gone back to six is because of Jerome Hughes yeah, and yeah. his injury and not being there. He needs someone to lead around the park. But in saying that, like he's not he's not an organiser. Do you reckon they'll ask him to do that, though? Yeah, but <laughs> he's, he's just <laughs> they not. can ask him, but he won't do it. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, yeah, I know. That, that if job, anyone knows. <laughs> that, job will, that job will be uh, for Cooper Johns. He doesn't well, – like he, he – yeah, like he'll try. Yeah, but then it takes it takes away from his natural game. Yeah, because he's sure. worrying about organising and and directing you know, the team and where to go. I I think without Jerome Hughes there, that falls more on on Harry Grant and Cooper Johns. Well, I feel like the year that you you I think you lot you went I think it was two thousand and nineteen maybe where mm-hmm. you bounced out loss loss. Yeah, no, yeah, and yes, yes. and I think that was because you were trying to rely on. We went loss, win, loss. Oh, sorry, we lost to Canberra, yeah, then beat Parramatta. Oh, yeah, and then we lost the Roosters, and that was the year where because Hughes had just come in, Mm. he just got swapped into seven like in the last maybe month. Yep, and Munster was trying to lead the boys around, but it was just Mm. yeah, okay, yeah. No, I mean the Mad Dog Munster. You want him? You want him just free? You want his mind free? Oh, it's not the craziest idea at all, and I'd I'd actually. I'd actually love to see him at fullback. It's so exciting. Now, we're going to head to a break, but after the break, we got best hands thanks to Schnitz. See you on the other side. Time now to break down the best hands in the NRL. Thanks to Schnitz, the best hands in the schnitzel business. Welcome back to the captain's run. I just want to get a quick text out here. Boys, Broncos won't make the eight. You heard it here first, Ryan. Ryan, I don't want none of that negative energy, mate. I want some positive energy. Broncos sustain the eight. Uh, but let's get into best hands thanks to Schnitz. Uh, Smithy, what do we got there for the best hands thanks to Schnitz? Best hands for Schnitz. Uh, one point goes to James Tedesco. Uh, again, had a cracker of a game against the Broncos. I don't know. Let's have a chat about the Broncos. Oh, Your no. Bronco boys a little bit later in the show. They're stumbling. They're stumbling Please, at Smithy, the final be hurdles. Kind. Be kind. Um, he's one-handed little... Tip on to Paul Momorowski, who had a great game too, Paul Momorowski. Uh, scored the first try against the Broncos. They looked good, the Chookens. They looked really good. They're hitting their uh, they're hitting their straps hey, at the right time they, of the they year. They worked out that they had the right amount of Chooks in the kitchen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that was a joke <laughs> re- re- referring to a joke from last week. <laughs> uh, two points goes to, well, the man we were just talking about, Cam Munster, uh, for his high take. Um, from the crossfield kick from Jerome Hughes to score his first of three tries 
Three tries against the Titans. I think he scored 20 points uh, on his own the other week. Well done to Cam Munster. But three points. Cannot go past this man. Wunga Blakes. Wow. I don't know how he did it. His miraculous uh, try in the corner um, that he scored against the Seagulls. And it looked like he was going up. You know how they like put their legs right up in the air and then mm. jump. But he got it. He got a whack in the legs. Mm. Half put him off balance, but he still scored. Like crazy. Now, Smithy, I know. And he's 150th. I know it's not the segment, but I yelled holy schnitz when I saw that. Did you? Yeah. I know it's not the segment. I've broken the golden rule. But I yelled <laughs> I yelled holy schnitz in two different occasions this week. I apologize. Okay. I apologize. All right. Fair um, no, no, no need to apologize. Okay. Sorry, mate. I'll just apologize again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Three <was>, times. <laughs> that was best hands thanks to schnitz. Bite into golden, delicious, handcrafted schnitz. After the break, we'll wrap up the first hour. Welcome back to the captain's run. The, I mean, the hour has just absolutely flown by. Uh, morning, uh, guys. Papali used the excuse of Michael Maguire is a flimsy one, a narrow-minded. Sheens is one of the Sheens is one of the best coaches in the league, hands down. If he thought Madge was his man, he's stupid to think Sheens won't be the best coach he's ever had. Hammer from Narrabeen. Mm. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, look, I think that there is probably more that meets the eye on this one mm. uh, than simply a coach. But to be fair, in Papali East defence. Uh, Madge was the Kiwis coach. Yeah. So he has something to do with Papa Lee. He has that relationship. So that really, it really could be the reason. Like I, I wouldn't completely rule out the fact that he just genuinely had a connection with um, Madge. Yep. Uh, mix in the fact that maybe the Eels found some money and, and there we go. But I, mm. I personally think you should honor the, uh, honor the deal. Got some more text here. Uh, does it matter how much cash you were getting? Breaking a contract is breaking a contract. Stu from Cronulla. Well, it's interesting because we, we've all broken contracts before. I think that in the sense of like, as I was joking earlier, like whether it be phone ones, whether it be lease ones, like find me a person that hasn't broken a contract before. Mm. Well, I mean, obviously yeah, you pay, you pay whatever to get is out. to get out of it. But mm. I mean, we've all broken it. So mm. um, yeah, look, interesting, interesting times. Uh, we're going to head to a break after the break. We've still got so much to talk about. The Brizzy Broncos, what's going? Will they stay in the eight? What's doing? The Storm, will they stay in the eight? I'm going to throw it back at you, Smithy. I'm a bit worried about the Storm. Oh, come on, mate. <laughs> Lay <laughs> off the Storm, mate. Everyone's getting into them. Lay off them. We'll head to a break. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Make sure to download the app, SEN app, on your app, uh, on your app on your phone. Also, you can follow us on Apple and Spotify, the Captain's Run. That means you can listen to us anytime, whether you've got to pause it now, you go to the gym, come back later, listen to it. Uh, that is Apple, Spotify, the Captain's Run, plus give at SEN League a follow. I'm telling you, it's a great spot for all your rugby league news. But we have Joshua from Penrith. Joshua, are you there, mate? Yeah, boys. How you going, Josh? Yeah, good, boys. Um, look, lo- lo- love the show, gentlemen. Just wanted to ask the goat in the beak. Um, in light of sort of Matt Tripp and Brandy's comments this week, uh, I wanted to ask you both. So, being a Penrith fan, you know, for a very long time, and to give you an idea, in the age bracket, I was six, you know, three when that when they won the comp, and I've been through some triumphs and tribulations since then. Mm-hmm. Isn't isn't this what what the game's about? Don't we want teams to have a bit of swagger and a bit of, I suppose, quote unquote, arrogance? You know, it's all about the rugby league theatre, and I just wanted to know if you boys thought that. You know, when it's your team, it's all well and good. And when it's not your team, you know, it's the tall poppy syndrome. Mate, me personally, I love it. I love it. I, look, p- put it this way. When I came through, it was completely opposite. You score a try, you put your head down, you walk back to halfway. 
Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy it. I think the Penrith Panthers have been a breath of fresh air in, in the game. I can see why it rubs people the wrong way because obviously you're already cut that they're beating you <laughs> and then they're rubbing it in. But I personally love it because I'm obviously – like because I have to analyse a game, I have to be a bit more not just one-eyed to my team. And also like, you know, I've met Nathan, I've, I've, I've met uh, Bizar, I've met uh, Jerome Loy and I've spoke to a lot of those boys – and so I'm close to it, but I absolutely love it. I think they've brought a breath of fresh air. I think the game needs this kind of entertainment to to fight in the new age of content when they're fighting with everything uh, in regards to, you know, you just flip your phone on and you can literally have the whole world in front of you. And so, mate, I, I personally don't think they're arrogant only because I've met these guys and I know that, you know, they are they just don't act like that. Not, not that they don't act like that, but they don't see it the same way as, say, an old-school footy fan does. They more see it as a bit of fun, uh, a bit of energy into the game. So I personally don't think it's arrogant at all. I, I really enjoy watching it. Yeah, I don't think they're, they're that way inclined away from the field, Kempi. I'm, I'm with you. And mm. I think um, you know, we, we know how much they, those players do for the community out in Penrith. But they're, but they're very different on the field. Mm. Like, and you have to be. Like, and I think we may have spoken about this in our show last week. Like... You, you can't be the same person you are in your day-to-day life when you cross the, the line to go out and play rugby league. Mm. Like you have to be a very different person. You have mm. to have a di- very different attitude for that 80 minutes. Well, Luai is a perfect example. To, yeah. So, so humble and polite off the field. Mm. Off the, on the field, he gets amongst it, like right amongst yeah. it. Yeah, and this, is, this has been a bit of a topic during the week, and I think it was spoken about um, where, I think, where I think this Penrith side – tends to rub people the wrong way is is in some of their celebrations. Mm. And um, I think we've seen one use an example when they played against the Raiders out of Penrith and they, they scored a try. Joseph Tarpany was on the sideline waiting to get on the field with an interchange card. And I think it might have been Stephen Crichton mm. sort of like put his arm around him and got him, tried to drag him into their celebrations. Mm. And, and that's happened in the, in the past. I can't recall off the JT, top of my head. JC got pulled in by Kenny Edwards. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. That's yeah, yeah. right. Parramatta. Yeah, yeah Kenny Parramatta. Edwards. He was, he was a bit of a serial pest. offender. A serial pest. Yeah, a serial, a serial offender at, at this Yeah. In particular, mm. um, when you know Parramatta used to score tries, and there was other defenders around where that where his teammate may have scored, and he used to drag him in. Remember, yep. he used to drag him in there. Yeah, oh, I think that type of stuff. Yeah, is it's... where people go. Oh, look at the arrogance, and yeah, um, yeah, we don't like that. And and you know, I I, I think it's something that can be avoided. Mm. I, I, yeah. So anyway, I think that's where it gets a little bit caught up. But but you know, I think when you win, when you're winning. And when you have this ability to be the best and be the best consistently, you need to have confidence. Mm. It's not necessarily arrogance. And I think that's probably where the arrogance opinions come from is, is when fans and people see those situations where, you know, they score tries and they're celebrating, they may tap an opposition player on the head and or grab them and sort of, I don't know, just try and stir them up a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, in their eyes, it might be having a little bit of fun, but I think a lot of people sort of mistake that for arrogance and, yeah. Oh. Oh, oh, you, you can just leave that stuff alone. Yeah. Just just leave the – you score a try, celebrate with your mates. Leave leave the opposition to, to players be, alone. To be clear, if I was still playing and that happened to my team, I'd oh. be filthy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm – Filthy. And I think that's yeah. what we're trying to relate that to – yeah, yeah, you know, our fans and and people following the game when they're saying, "Oh, look at them, they're arrogant and all that sort of stuff." I guess when you when you're watching a team win as often as Penrith do, it's an easy label to to give them. Mm. Is oh, they're arrogant. Yeah, have a look at them, they're arrogant. 
Um, yeah. But, you know, I think where, where it mainly stems from is when they're seeing them um, celebrate the way they do, mm. particularly when they're including yeah. opposition See, players. See, I, I, as a fan, I, as a fan, selfishly, yeah. I love it. I love it. Because I'm like, because like, for example, Tarpanair is now, he's enraged. And him going skits on the field, mm. I want to see that. Mm. And I want to see, I want to see the boys going, like just going hell going for leather. Yep. Um, so, but as I said, like if I was playing, I would be totally off the the opposition. I mean, you didn't, as if you were playing, you didn't even need any more reason to dislike the opposition. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, I, I personally, I think it's entertaining. I think it's, uh, I can understand why people get frustrated with it, but mm. I, I personally don't like it. Yeah. I, I personally do like it as a fan, but if I was playing, I wouldn't like it. Look, if they carried on that, let's put it this way. If they carried on that way and they were running dead last, no one would care. Yeah, no one would care. No. It's just the way It's just the way it works. When you're winning games, people just, they they love to hate. Joshua, is that, uh, you there, mate? Does that answer your question? Does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah it, it, it does. You, well, well, mate, it, what do you, what, you're, you're, the, you're the Penrith fan. What do you feel? What's your opinion? Yeah, so so if I if I put my biased glasses aside, obviously the last couple of years has been tremendous. Mm. And to give you a bit of context, like lads, I've I've watched the Panthers from '03 onwards, and you know there was some years there where they they weren't doing that, and they weren't um, a great side to watch through yep. through many sort of reasons. Yep. Uh, and now it's, I feel like it's you know I've I've paid my dues. I've I've sat, I've sat on the sidelines and watched it, and I've watched the Storm and the Broncos be so good for the early 2000s. And now I've it's my turn. Mm. Hey, hey, that's <laughs> so, fair. That's fair. And I, and I did want to say, um, goat as well. B- biggest respect to you, mate. But thank you for ruining all of our, uh, our, our our three Wednesdays a year for Pizza and Origin Night. You, you, you ruined all of those from from '06 onwards. So thanks, mate. <laughs> Good on you, Josh. Uh, Thank you, mate. Thanks for calling, Josh. No, it's it's a great conversation. It, it, I think even on a deeper level, I do find it really interesting that like they they outside of the you know the celebration or whatever, they mm. definitely have brought a very new energy to the game that yeah. I feel like we haven't really seen very different before, yep. which I, I really enjoy. I really enjoy. Um, now we're gonna get some text here. We've got some texts. Uh, hi guys, pretty much entertainment night. Wouldn't it be great. Uh, what is it? What do we got? Wouldn't it be great to see a Brandy and Cam in a wrestling match? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wouldn't be fair. Brandy's like 60, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he, I mean, look, I, I reckon he'd have a fair crack. He'd have a fair crack. Oh, Brandy, he's I'm still joking. got a bit of mongrel in him. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm I can't believe, like seriously, I cannot believe the momentum this, is, this has got. Garnered. Oh, yeah. mate. Yeah. Brandy, so Brandy comes out and says, oh, the hip drop, it was started in Melbourne. And I come out and said, oh, look, I, I think that's unfair mm. to say that. Like, yeah. where's the proof? Yeah. Have you got any facts behind it, Brandy? Mm. Like, can't remember him seeing him down there at training in my mm-hmm. 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's this Brandy V. Smithy. Smithy. What's doing? What is doing? When we spoke on Monday. Like, we, we're on Vossi's show together on a Monday, and we spoke, and it's his opinion and my opinion. Yeah, that's all it is, and that's that's what's the, the great thing about it is like that you can just have that disagreement and then you just move on, move on, mate, move on. Um, now we've got more text here, uh, Cameron. If you okay, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, if you could if you could put an opponent off their game, you'd do it, Stu from Cronulla. Yeah, yeah, but it, I'd, I did it many times, many mm. times. Mm. Never, never did I sort of celebrate and try and drag the opposition into. Um, 
our celebrations. But anyway. Uh, Kempi and Smithy, you blokes are defeating your own argument. You said the Kiwis are really strong now, but they have hardly got any Kiwis NZ-based players. No, no. What? Sorry, if we did say that, we misspoke. What we meant was is that the New Zealand Warriors don't have any current international players, players at the moment. So uh, apologies if we spoke... Uh, if we said that, because it's not not the case, we're actually saying that the Kiwis and New Zealand has an incredible pool of talent. Yes. Um, now, on to some smoky chat. Now, Smithy, I don't know if you know this. I love to talk smokies. As a matter Shmoky? of fact, I could talk. This is how much I love smokies. I could mm. talk about the 2030 origin sides now. Wow. Like, if, if you, you want to get names? into that, Suwali'i Su- 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 will be there. Yeah. Sam Walker, <laughs> Reese Walsh. We can get are they really smokies? Yeah, okay, they'll be locked in by then. They'll be, they'll be, Look, about, they'll be about 30 I then. need to go watch no, some under 12s. Go watch some under 12s and find out who's the best young gun. Um, no, but I was going to say, seven years. Like, kids, kids playing Origin in 2030, they're, they're probably about 12 now, 13. Yeah, wow. And, you know, as you know, like, the guys that are 13 usually – like the best of the best. Sometimes they don't kick on. No, they're, it, they're not. They're not currently the best players in their age group now. Yeah, I had this one guy coming through. I won't say his name because I won't be rude. But he was, honestly, he was the next Darren Lockyer. The right. Broncos had him as like yep. the king, and he, and he he absolutely dominated. Like I was told, he dominated all through school, and then he just got into he got all, like straight out of school into the top squad. And it just all fell apart. Mm. It was just bizarre how it worked like that. He could just mm. dominate for his whole life. And then he gets to a point where mm. the best of the best are all coming together. And it just, yeah, didn't work. So really interesting. Anyway, I personally, Suwali'i, I think yes. he is almost becoming a lock in the top, in the 30 squad that goes away. Right. Have, yep. you, have you got any other Smokies that have been bobbing their head up over the last couple of weeks? I reckon he, I reckon he could possibly start. Honestly, I really believe with, that. With uh, Josh Adokar. Josh Adokar, yep. Or so, so you reckon? Are we going Holmes in the other center and Latrell the other center, or are we doing Gagai? Yep. Um, well, with the the way Latrell's playing at the moment, and if he stays fit, he'll be there. Mm. I think absolutely. I got another. Val Holmes played an entire series pretty much. Well, in the centers, he, he played it. a little bit of time on the wing mm. with with injuries and whatnot yeah. throughout the series, but. Um, he could be there as well. Cowboys going really well mm. with him playing in the centres. Yeah, I think Suwali and um, Suwali'i Su- 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 and um, Josh Adokawa, I think they'll be the, the wingers. wingers. Yeah. Um, what about this? This is a this is just a smoky. Oh, sorry, Cobbo as well. Wow. I want to see a bit of Cobbo first for, okay. after the head knock. He's missed a bit of footy. Yeah. Yep. Here's another one. Dylan Edwards to make the squad. Yeah. How many fullbacks are they, so, they going to take, though? So, so Teddy, Tommy, Tommy's out. Tedesco... Teddy's Tedesco in. will be one. I think Latrell will be more seen as a center. I think Mel would probably see him as a center. Kalen Ponga? He, does I don't he, does think he he'll go? play. I don't think he should. I don't think he should. Okay. Um, so I've just ruled Kalen Ponga out. That's an exclusive <laughs> for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Turbo. Turbo won't be there. KP. KP. Maybe. You're not. saying possibly not be there? Yeah. Oh, why not? Why, it, why wouldn't you take him? He's got the most run meters in the comp. Because you've got Gutho, you've got Hines that can play a bit of fullback. Yep, 7-6-1. Would you, you know, is Cameron, Cameron Munster can play one. Yeah, Cam Munster. <laughs> but he'll be going as the six. I'm going with a squad of 50. Okay. I'm going to go with a squad of 50. <laughs> <laughs> did you think about this? I did. <laughs> I put Ed, I reckon Edwards gets the call up. No, you really know what? Well, well, well the, the thing with... Um, the thing with these like touring parties or squads mm. is that 
um, it's good to be able to have a bit of versatility about you. So yeah. have the ability to play multiple positions because mm. you just don't know. When you're away, particularly like they're going over to England for the World Cup, it's a six-week tour, I believe. So you just got to be able to cover a few bases mm. with with the 20, I think it's 24, that I think that they take away. Mm. Um, to have a little bit of versatility, particularly with, with the backs. So in your back line, if you can take away a group of um, guys playing in, in that back line that can play multiple positions, most of your centers can play wing. Yeah. But if, yeah. you, if you've got a guy there that can play sort of center wing, full back, um, they, they tend to get promoted into those squads. So like a, even a gag eye. You're, you're always going to take a specialist, say, winger, mm. center, Mm. Um, fullback, but those guys mm. not particularly picked in the in the first sort of like your best seventeen because mm. you always got a best seventeen. You don't yeah. just take twenty four blokes and go. Oh, I'll we'll make up my go. mind that week. Mm. You have in mind, okay, this is our this is our seventeen. This is our strongest kangaroo squad available, and then those other guys outside of that, the extra seven, um, you're sort of thinking guys that can play multiple positions. Mm. But so- Suli can. Oh, he's a fullback. He grew up and played all of his juniors as a fullback. I mm. think that's that's eventually that's his target yep. is to be a fullback. He, he won't play, play there while Tedesco's well. there. Can play center. Was doing fantastic things on the wing. Oh. So I, I think he'll be there. He's just an athlete. Mm. He's so good. That's the scary thing with a guy like Sawley is that mm. like he hasn't even come close to getting into like filling his body out. Yeah. Like once he oh, and, and talking to a lot of guys that that know Joseph. Um, they, they talk about, like, for a young man, have not seen many at his age put the time and effort into his preparation wow. like he does. So wow. he, he knows exactly, you know, what his role is. He understands what he needs to do mm. for any given game against any given opposition. Physically and mentally prepares himself as well as anyone in the game. That's crazy. And he's only, what, 19? Just turned just 19. Turned just turned 19? Yeah. Just turned 19. So That usually doesn't come. If he stays fit, if, look, uh, uh, let's touch wood. Let's, let's hope this, this young man um, stays fit and, he, and he's in our game for a long, long time. He could be something very special. Oh, mate, I cannot wait. And, and like to have the maturity to have your preparation already at a top-tier level as a 19-year-old, that doesn't come yep. to like – Usually 23, 24, sometimes even 25. Seriously. Yep. yep. Uh, so that's incredible. His future is super, super bright. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to talk about the young players that are climbing the Bailey ladder. So stay tuned for that. The young guns that are coming through climbing the Bailey ladder. Make sure to call in. 1-300-01-1170. We've had a lot of callers this, uh, today. A lot of mm. callers today. Uh, or text 0457-736-736. We just got a text in. Jack White in the centres. There's a smoky for you. Wow. Uh, anyway, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we'll continue seeing which young players are climbing up the Bailey ladders. Time to break down which young players are climbing up the Bailey ladder. Worksite trusted for over 60 years. That is 60 years worksite trusted, guys. Bailey ladders. But... What do we got there, Smithy? Okay, my first nominee is Griffin Neem, the young cowboy. He's only 21. Mm. Uh, last week, though, had a try, ran for over 100 metres, one line break, and made 15 tackles in just one half of footy. Mate, he's one been half really of footy. Well. He's a Kiwi too, I'm pretty sure. He's a big boy, I know mm. that. Yes. Um, and, and doing some wonderful things. They're all playing really well up there at the moment, Cowboys. Um, so he's my first nomination. Number two, Isaac Thompson, NRL debut for the Rabbitohs. 
He ran for over 175 metres, had one try, two line breaks, and one line break assist against the Warriors. That was like a training run. Seriously. That was like a training run. Like we had players, like, and it's not a great look, but we had players and coaches just laughing after tries. And Anyway, uh, great performance by Isaac Thompson. And number three goes to Jacob Arthur. Now, he's only 19. He's only played like a dozen games. He's And he's been copying it, like mm. unfairly. Yeah. All right. But last week, I thought he was outstanding against Manly. One line break assist, two try assists. Kick for over 450 metres um, against the Seagulls in the absence of Mitch Moses. Um, I thought he played outstanding Jacob Arthur. So they're my three young guns. And you were there at the game, weren't you? I was there. And just to be clear, those two tri-assists weren't just any tri-assists. They no. were the game was in the balance. Manly were ahead. Yep. They needed something special. Yep. And Jacob Arthur delivered. So that, hopefully. That great little uh, kick. Yeah. Behind the line Over for, top for Wunga Blake. Penasini. Yep. Um, and the lob pass for Wunga Blake, who had a lot of work to do yeah. to score it, but put him in the in the um, in space and give him the opportunity to finish off like all good wingers do. But uh, like you said, mate, crucial moments. Yeah, absolutely. Crucial moments in that game. So let's hope the Parrot Eels fans have turned around and they're uh, a fan of Jacob Arthur or at least understand that he's a 19-year-old kid mm. that needs time, needs experience, whether that's from the bench. And, yeah. You know? Twelve games, literally twelve oh, games. On. Needs a bit of time, and also as a club, would I, as a fan, mm. I mean, wouldn't you want him in the best headspace possible? Yeah, you know. So, yeah, hopefully that it's turned him around. I, th- I think it does. I think it has, and I think it's a beautiful moment for the Arthur family. You know, it would have been very. I think it would have been quite distressing for Brad Arthur to to see and talk and hear about that. Yep. Um. So yeah, absolutely stoked for Arthur to come out and play that well. Uh. Also, uh, we've got a text here, and it's, it's a great text. Uh, quick mention of uh, the resilience of Nathan Stapleton and his family. The uh, ACA interview was inspiring, and I'm proud of how the Bush communities have rallied around the family with the fundraisers. That's um, Stapleton. Used to play for the Sharks, I'm pretty sure. Played some Bush footy. Had a, a, a terrible injury while playing Bush footy, and I think now he's a paraplegic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, very strong man to be able to push through everything he's pushing through. No doubt about that. Uh, we've got some more text here. Goat and Smithy. <laughs> what boy? What do you boys think of Cleary and Seven, DC at Six and Munster at One? Although I don't think you can pass on Teddy. He's playing career best form this year. Uh, I think you got to go. I personally would go Cleary and Munster at Six, but I can understand if they went DC. Mm-hmm. But what do you reckon, Smithy? Well, I think Tedesco will be one. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, that <laughs> he won't be shifted out of there. Um, Munster would do a great job. There's no doubt about that. Interesting to see who will will get that starting halves position. Because mm. DC was the he's the incumbent. Yeah, and he had um, a great game. Fan, had a, had a fantastic Origin series. Yeah, has been playing well all year for Manly. Mm. Um, yeah, clear at at uh, at the top of the table. Um, Nathan Cleary um, with the Penrith Panthers and and has been for the last couple of years playing really well. But um, Kangaroos haven't played for a couple of years. Yeah. So it'd be very interesting to see who gets that jersey. Mate, cannot wait. I can't wait for this. This is the most excited I've been for a World Cup in a very, very long time. Mm. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to preview tonight's absolutely huge clash. We're also going to discuss my concerns with the storm. Could they fall out of the eight? I don't know. I feel like there might be. Anyway, we'll get to it after the break. We'll see you on the other side.
Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Now, we have got our game of the round, and we do that thanks to Suncorp. Get award-winning car insurance with Suncorp. Suncorp has won the Canstar's Outstanding Claims Award seven years in a row. Seven years. So if you need car insurance, go to Suncorp. They are the best in the business, uh, but we have Penrith versus Melbourne Storm. Matt Eisenhuth starts at prop in place of suspended James Fisher-Harris. Talon May uh, is out with a shoulder injury, so uh, Sunia uh, Taruva. Now, Taruva, he looks special. He looks special. I'm mm. very excited to see what this kid can do. Fijian International. Yes. Uh, joins the starting side, and Robert Jennings joins the bench. Kikau is back in the starting side after missing last week with hip injury. The Storm. Hughes is out with a shoulder injury. Cooper Johns stays at halfback. I thought Cooper Johns was outstanding last week. Mm-hmm. Cam Munster returns to 5'8". Nick Meany returns at fullback. Olam is back at centre after being out last week with COVID. Uh, Tom Eisenhuth starts a second row for Felice Kofusi, who is out for personal reasons. Chris Lewis is the new man on the bench. Smithy, speak to me. Huge game. Wow. Huge game. If, uh, well, let's let's look at the two scenarios. Um, Penrith win this one. They they all but wrap up the minor premiership. Uh, if Storm lose this one, they could drop out of the top four. Wow. They could. And and as we know, we, we spoke about um, briefly, you know, the, the finish to their season. They got a pretty solid finish as well. Um, so it puts in jeopardy trying to get that, that double go. Yeah. Um, in in the first week of the finals, finishing in the top four, we all know that finish top four, you get you get a two bites at the at the cherry. Um, so this is a, a really really big one, particularly for Melbourne. I, I think mm. I, you know the Penrith have got four more opportunities to wrap up the minor premiership, but Melbourne, if Melbourne lose this one, it just makes it a little bit harder going into um, the finals. Just a little bit harder, and and particularly with with like Jerome Hughes out, um, that's a big one. And also Felice Cafusi, mm. um, Felice Cafusi's not there uh, because um, unfortunately his father Taniella passed away. So we send our best wishes to the Cafusi family. Um, and and you've got Kickout returning. Um, although you know Fisher Harris and Taylor May are out. Yeah, you know, both teams are missing some uh, some firepower. It's going to be a great game. Oh, like it's going to be a very difficult game for Melbourne to win. Yep, they've got such a good record, Penrith, at home. They've they've lost like one game in about three years. Mm. It's something ridiculous like that. It's probably not quite that, but it's it's close to it. Um, but I'm going to back my team home. Going to back I'm them. Going to back them in. Smith, I got a question. For I'm you. backing them in. Do, now this is it's going to sound crazy when I first say it, but I actually think it's not that crazy of a question. Right. Are Penrith Panthers still favourites to win the premiership, even if Cleary and Luai were out for the rest of the year? Um, oh, I think, I think they would be. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, I think they, I think they would be. Um, but you'd, you'd say the other teams have got a greater chance. Oh, much, much better. But it shows you that's, how that's in- not that's not groundbreaking <laughs> <laughs> opinion or news, but. I, I just, you'd still consider them favourites to win just because of the systems that they have in place there and, and how good they are no matter who plays. Mm. They're just so consistent. Mm. Like you, you chuck in um, 
Sean O'Sullivan into the halves. Mm. He, just, he goes out and, and plays the system that they need. Yeah. Jamin Salmon's been playing in the halves. You know, he's not a Jerome Luai, but he just goes out and gets his job done. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that's what consistency is. Yeah. And it's not about you know being flash and creating highlights and all that sort of stuff. Like winning's winning, whether you win it in a in a way that's not over, overly entertaining. You know, for many years we were labelled boring by mm. like experts, commentary experts, mm. media experts of of rugby league. Like, ah, oh, they're just boring. Hard to watch. I tell you what's not boring: winning. Not at fans all. don't get bored with winning. No. I'm sure the Penrith fans wouldn't be bored with winning as many games as they've won over the last two years. Mm. Yeah, no, it's uh, it just shows you the incredible system that they've set up there. The fact that they could lose the both Origin New South Wales halves, and we would still consider them favourites, is yeah. just an incredible. The Storm, though, what like. Oh, I, I know you can never count the storm out. I really know that. Uh, like over the years, every year that we've said, oh, this might be the year, this might be the year, every year you've got proven wrong. <laughs> but I really, I just think, to me, the team looks a bit flat. It's not even about the personnel. They just look a bit, Not. I mean, it's been a huge couple of years for the storm. I, I, I don't think they get enough credit for the fact that they also had to move away for essentially, what, two years nearly. Um, do you think... Like, obviously, there's still a chance, but is this a concern? Are you worried about the Storm? Like, is recruitment good for next year, do you think? Like, where, where's your head at with the Storm at the moment? Well, what are they, they're only just starting to make a couple more signings as far as, like, forward packs are concerned. We mentioned this last week also that, you know, they're losing the two Bromwich brothers, Jesse and Kenny. They're losing uh, Felice Kafusi, and they're losing Brandon Smith. Mm. And the, uh, what have they signed? Tarek Sims? Yep. And Katoa. Katoa. Yeah. So I think they're trying to rely within, rely on like young guys coming up mm. through their development system or the, their development program. So it's been that way now for some time at Melbourne. Mm. They don't tend to go out and buy uh, established NRL players for whatever reason. I'm not too sure what that reason is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's concerning. The concerning thing has been around injuries and and how their I won't say inability but the the lack of ability of of players coming up and and filling the void like Penrith do now yeah you know what I'm saying mm. so in the past where Melbourne have they've lost players through injury or representative games um, suspensions whatever it is whoever's come in they've just they've just gone bang nothing changes yeah whereas now you can see an obvious difference when you lose players from their best, let's say, 18 or 19. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yesteryear against the Storm, it was like, it was never a, oh, they've got this big player or this big player, and, oh, they, they should be a, a walkover or anything like that. Mm. It was genuinely like, no, nah, it's probably going to be an even grindier game because they're just going to, they'd be even more disciplined because they know they need to be more disciplined to get the job done. Yeah. And, and the thing is, and it was probably this way last year, like, and we're talking about the competition, how it's a much more competitive uh, competition this year mm. um, compared to last year in particular. Like Melbourne would, would just, they were so much better. Well, oh. you throw Penrith in there as well, but yeah. like they broke all sorts of records last year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they win by a huge margin, the minor premiership. Uh, they broke records for, you know, I think yeah. points scored. Well, points scored, tries scored, um, 
whatever it was. I think they, they equaled the run. Was it 19 in a row? Yeah, something like that. I think that it was. Time. They were going for 20 and they got beaten. Um, and then they go to the first week of the finals. They smash Manly mm-hmm. and they're just like, how easy is this? And then all of a sudden they come up against a quality outfit and they couldn't get the job done. That's the concerning thing. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and I think that it's just the lack of of um, uh, the ability to to you know play in those softer games, but then make it work when that needs to in, in the tough ones. Yeah, I, I think that I think the best thing for Melbourne this year is that they got a pretty solid run into the finals, so they're going to be they're going to be ready to go in the tough games. Mm. Compared to last year, it was like they won by like 40, 50, 40, crazy. 40, mm. and then played finals. They won that by 30. Mm. So they weren't really physically and mentally prepared for that um, prelim final, but this year is a little bit different. I just – they've got to get players on the park. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's played – like let's acknowledge that. They've had a huge amount of injuries, particularly in their outside backs. They've hardly had Pappenhausen on the field this year. Jerome Hughes has spent time away, so has uh, Brandon Smith. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's been an up and down season for them, but mm. no doubt they're not they're not playing the football that we are used to. But also, they're not the team that they once were as well. Yeah, they're absolutely. a very different team. Mm. So let's just it is it is what it is right now, mm. um, and let's just see how far they can go. That was the game of the round, thanks to SunCorp. Uh, car insurance winner, winner of the CanStar's Outstanding Claims Award, seven years in a row. Now, the New Zealand Warriors versus Canterbury, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, Friday 6 p.m. at Mount Smart. Uh, Dejeune Assi returns at 5.8. Egan moves back to hooker. Freddie Lussick to the bench. Uh, uh, Viliame Valea, Valea, sorry if I'm getting that wrong, returns at centre. Ewan Aiken moves to second row, while Josh Curran is back at starting lock. And then the Doggies... Tavita Pangai Jr. remains uh, in Australia for family reasons, and Raymond Fata- uh, Fatala Mariner starts at lock. Did the doggies go straight to New Zealand from Bundaberg? I think they did. Oh, really? Yeah. So they've been over oh, there. Yeah, they've been it, over yeah. there most of the week mm. preparing for this one. Yeah. Okay. Big game. Uh, six o'clock up tomorrow night. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. I think the doggies win. I think they do too. I think they look absolutely fantastic, and I think that bringing Reed. Uh, and who's the other big sign? Kick here. Yeah, kick, kick, kick yeah. <laughs> Literally um, big sign. Yeah, He's wow. He's a giant. I think, honestly, I said this last week, maybe even the week before, get excited, Doggies fans. It's looking real, real good. Matty Burton is looking fantastic. His, his combination with Flanagan gets better every single week. Uh, Avrilo looks more comfortable at the back. Yep. Josh Adokar and Burton's uh, combination, it is truly, it's, it's one of the best six-wing combinations we've got in the competition right now. And it's only just getting started. Um, I do. I am a bit surprised that they. I mean, I've said it a few times, but I'm surprised that they're letting Paul Vaughan go. I think he's been quite good this year. Mm. Max King has been outstanding for them, a real unsung hero. Uh, the Warriors. I'm a bit concerned with the Warriors at the moment, unfortunately. Um, how, how do you see the game playing out? Uh, well, the style of footy that the Dogs are taking over there, I think, just get the job done. Mm. They're they're, they're they are. They've been quite impressive for mine mm. over the last like six weeks. Really, really have. Like yeah. they've 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 improved so much from what we seen at the start of the year, and um, that that's only got to be, you know, good things for everyone in the side. And Mick Potter's doing a great job. And do you extend particularly Potter? their fans? Well, I've I've mentioned that. Yeah. Like if if they've if he has got improvement out of this football side, why not give him another twelve months? <clears throat> they've only been on the on the rise, haven't they? Yeah. 
I think they so. seem like they get they get better each week they play. And I'm now I know that doesn't translate into wins every week, but mm. as long as you're seeing improvement, then that's what you want. Yeah, really, I agree. So I don't know why. Like, give him another twelve months. If he if he's doing some great things with the players there, and the players are happy, give him another twelve months. Because see how it goes. Like you just don't know. Like halfway through next year, if they're sitting in the top eight, does he then get extended out again? Mm. Mm. I don't know. What What do you do? You do you feel well, he'll be the coach next year? It's interesting because they should have. I think they should have already extended him. But we this uh, Seraldo, I guess chatter doesn't go away. Isn't doesn't go away. Mm. But if you're the Bulldogs, surely you go. Surely you run. You just go. Look, we're going to run the gauntlet. I doubt Seraldo is going to sign with another club in the next. Six months. Yes. We'll extend uh, Potter for 12 months. Just see how he goes. And yep. then if in in the first 10 rounds, if we can see there's no improvement, boom, we sign Seraldo. Mm. I don't think Seraldo is going to leave. You reckon he'll stay? I don't think he's going to leave. Pendant. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You reckon what's <laughs> Who knows? Just... That's, just, that's just my gut feeling. Okay. So you reckon he'll slowly just take over Ivan's role eventually? Well, well either that or like he, he just – like he's only – what is he, 38? Quite young. Quite 37? Young. Mm. Like he's got time on his side. Like he's not in. Like he, in, for mine, I, I don't think he should be in any rush to take over a footy side right mm. now. Well, it's like what Fitzgibbon did so successfully. He waited. He waited until Spent everything time. lined up, and then look at him now killing it. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got plenty of texts. Call in thirteen hundred oh one eleven seventy or text oh four five seven seven three six. After the break, we're going to get to your text. So we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Got some texts here, Smithy. Some texts. Hey, Goat and Beak, do you see South going on a grand final run like last year? Cheers, Jeb. Uh, no. Mm. I'm just very quickly, not this year. I don't think so. Just haven't seen enough from them. And I know they've they've gone on a little bit of a run in the last month with mm. uh, the return of Latrell Mitchell, but no, I don't. Not this year. Yeah. It's uh, oh, I just it's hard to say no with any team with Latrell in it. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah, he's just so incredible. But I, I look you, when you're missing a guy like Reynolds and a guy like Dan Gagai and a guy like Wayne Bennett. I think if they did, it'd be incredible. But I, I can't see it, unfortunately, not this year. Mm. Um, now, Drennan and Smitty, regarding the Dogs' coaching position, if Seraldo does come to the Dogs and he has been the Panthers' defensive coach, then surely the Dogs retain Potter as the attack coach. Uh, Gus can look after. Player attention. player attention and the salary cap allowing Seraldo and Potter to concentrate just on the players wins all round bulldog Bob. Yeah, it's not a crazy idea, is it? Because nah, that's how all. that's how coaching that's how coaching um, teams are set up. Like, there's a head coach that oversees you know majority of of uh, the game plan, mm. um, and they usually they usually tend to lean more to one side of either the attack or the defence. Depends on you know sort of their coaching style. But then you have the assistants around them that take, say, um, one of the, say, the senior assistant coaches is head of um, attack. Um, Then you have um, an assistant coach looking after the forwards, assistant coach looking after the backs. Um, So it's not a crazy idea. I really, like if Serraldo can't. But the, the thing is, the thing is, when you sign a new coach, usually that new coach likes to take his own staff. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. Be very hard to have a an, a coach that has success like Potter with the dogs, than to walk in and go, "Oh, you're now beneath me in the chain of command." Mm. And, and then, this yeah, is the style that, that I want to play. play. <laughs> and then you've got certain players that would be 
you know, subconsciously loyal to to Potter. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to get some more of your texts. So keep texting in 0457 736 736 or call in 1300 01 1170. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Make sure to give us a follow at SEN League. It's the best in the business. Well, it's one of the best in the business. Let's put it that way on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, SEN League got all your latest updates. It's uh, a really good place for all rugby league news. But I've got some text here. Uh, good morning, Queensland greats. <laughs> with the storm, how come they aren't bleeding the young talent? Jonah Pezzett, Haworth, Logo. These guys are guns, just a thought. Troy, the slippery heel. Um, I'm not too sure. So far, far long all, um, Jack Howarth. I, I, I actually don't know why Jack Howarth hasn't played yet. I think Bellyache has said it's because they're just being, like, trying to... His development, they want to make sure it's the right way. Okay. I think he said that again. Don't quote me. I'm sure. It's been reported he's been paid half a million dollars. Oh! That'll be next year, So I, I don't know why... He hasn't played yet. Half anyway. a million. Is that the most ever for a player that and hasn't played Jonah, first? Ball? I think so. Oh, it might be up there. Probably not. Uh, Jonah Pezzett, he, I think he played in the under-19 state of origin and Four tries killed it. Yes. Killed it. For the Blues. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's a great player. Future star for Storm. I tell you what, New South Wales, be excited because he's won not only the under-19s, men's, the women's, pretty much all of the outside of the top tier. So yes. be excited about the future. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to continue previewing the round. Welcome back to the Captain's Run uh, with Cameron Smith and myself. Remember, you can catch up on anything you miss from the show via our podcast, which you can download now on the SEN app, or you can go to Apple and Spotify. You can give the Captain's Run a follow, and you can listen to it anytime you want on Apple or Spotify. Plus, give at SEN League a follow on Instagram, the best place to get your rugby league news. Uh, also, give us a follow on Twitter, 1170SEN. Give us a call, 1301 or 0457 736 736 for a text. But now we have, in my opinion, the second match of the round. It could even actually turn out to the match of the round. It could actually be so impactful that the team that loses this could slip out of the eight and not make it. It is the Parramatta Eels versus the Rabbitohs, 7.55 at Combank Stadium. Just one change. Uh, We've got Ogden set to play his first NRL game of the year in place of Makatoa on the bench. South Sydney Rabbitohs, Hame Sele returns from a hamstring injury, pushing Daniel Saluka Fofita to the reserve. Smithy, how do you see this one playing out? Well, I was really impressed with Parramatta last week. I thought that was a great game of footy that they played. Oh, man. Um, great game of footy all round, mm. um, Parra versus Manly. But um, they looked r- much like the Parramatta that, that we seen at the start of this year. Mm. There was a period of time where it was sort of it was seesawing a little bit that game. Um, they come out as fourteen all half time. Uh, returned in the second half. Manly scored first, I believe, it was twenty to fourteen, and then they actually they they dug in mm. Parramatta. They actually dug in and and finished off the game really well. Um, finished scoring, you know, I think, thirty odd points um, to twenty. But I was really impressed with the way they bounced back, particularly like Mitch Moses wasn't there. Now he he does a lot of work. Like he does pretty much all their kicking. He's their goal kicker. Like Gutho, <laughs> Gutho didn't pack his goal kicking boots last week. <laughs> he had a tough night. <laughs> it the was king. like was it three from I think nine maybe. Mate. 
three from nine, um, but they still managed to win quite well. So I was really impressed with with uh, with that. I, I thought the combo um, Brown and Sean Lane. It's been building all year. Building all year. Yeah, outstanding. The last couple of weeks he's been, uh, and I know, not last week, the week before they were playing against the twelve men outfit against Penrith mm. for the most part of that game. But Sean Lane was um, instrumental mm. in creating some some opportunities down that left side. Mm. Um, through like he just punching holes beautifully outside of Dylan Brown. Um, he's got that one arm right hand offload. Really tall. Created an opportunity for Gutho um, last week where um, he showed some pace. Yeah. Ran about he got the ball ran about seventy meters the to big score. Fella. Ran around Ruben Garrick. Ruben Garrick's got a busted groin, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gutho, mate, where did that come from, Gutho? He, I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, where he, did that come he from? He wound back the clock a little bit there. Mate, but, he packed um, his running shoes, not his kicking boots. Yeah. I, I, look. I was impressed with them. I was his his spikes. He had his spikes That's on. Why he couldn't kick, mate. He had his spikes on. What's doing? <laughs> Come on, mate. Can we get some sort of hybrid boot, please, for Gatho? I can help him run fast and kick goals. He's going to have to for the next yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, Mitch Moses is out for at least three, at least maybe a month. Min- minimum three. So um, back to this one. What Parramatta team turns up? Yeah, that's the question. I don't know. That is the question. What South Sydney team turns up? That is also the question. <laughs> I'm going to back para. You're going para? I'm going to go para. Uh, I, just quickly. Without a, any confidence. Without, can I no say confidence that too? That's a, that's a little disclaimer down the bottom. I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know those real um, those ads where they speed up like with no confidence? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I just wanted to shout out, too, to Lane. I think this has been Lane's best the year of his career. Mm-hmm. I think his combination with Brown has been building all year long. And in a forward pack with guys like Madison, Papali'i, with uh, Polo, with uh, RCG, Sean Lane often gets overlooked. Yep. But I think he there's a reason why he has kept that wide-running forward spot all year long. Mm-hmm. And it's because how much he delivers and the unique framing he has to be able to create offloads, to be able to uh, drop the ball off the back. So, yeah, Lane's been fantastic. Obviously, mm. Dylan Brown's been fantastic. But on to the Rabbitohs. Oh, man, I don't know who to tip here. I really don't know who to tip. because I, 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 the, My way of thinking is just coming off last week and like it was a very easy win for Rabbitohs. Yeah. Like, very easy, wasn't it? Yeah, but I thought Cam Murray, he's, look, he looks like in red-hot form. And well, whenever, he's been playing well all year, mate. Yeah, and I just think whenever he's playing well, the Rabbitohs seem to, to play I mean, it seems obvious, but yep. whenever he's going well, they seem to lift into it. Whenever he's a bit quiet, they seem to struggle to get momentum. Yep. They seem to struggle around the middle of the defensive, you know, cleaning things up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is a tough one. I am going to go. I think it sounds like you're going rabbits. <sighs> Dave, mate, you can't flip now after talking them up. Oh, uh, no. Okay, I'll go the rabbit eyes. I'll, I'll go, go going para. I'll go rabbit eyes. I'm just going, I'm, I'm dead set going Parramatta off the back of, I just look at last week's matches and I, and I thought that they did a really, really good job to go out to um, Four Pines Park, mm. rookie, yeah, and play against uh, a manly side who um, I think had plenty to play for off the yeah. back of the previous week and, and what happened with the club. And the eight as well. Yeah, and the eight, sorry, yes, to, to try and uh, get into the eight. And I, I thought they did a really good job without their, their regular number seven, Mitch Moses. Mm. Yeah, interesting they to see. They just need to back it up, though. The concern, I think, for the Eels as well with Brown, if he keeps playing like this, I think he can sign with another club November 1st. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure he can. Okay. So Is he, is he, is he like, just 
dead set off contract or, or no, he, an he, option? He had a player option for the 2023 option. that okay. he took up, but yep. he doesn't have a player option for 2024. Okay. So as of November 1st, mm-hmm. he can sign somewhere else. For 24? For 24. Okay. There, that goes back to that yeah. <laughs> discussion we had earlier. That's yeah. just crazy. But anyway. Um, okay. So, yeah, go, I'm going to go the Rabbitohs. Uh, someone just texted in. Smithy, could Sean Lane be a kangaroo tour bolter? Matt. Yeah, he could be. Maybe. I'm, uh, we've got Depending on how, how deep they go. Yeah, that's I true. guess into the finals. Yeah, if, if they go on a real good run, I think you could see, could see him there. But they've got there's a lot of good back rowers. Yep. A lot of good back rowers. Now, uh, Sydney Roosters versus the Cowboys. We've got the Sydney Roosters. Oh, Egan what Butcher. a game. Oh, my God. Talk about some good games. Like, this is one of the best weekends we've had maybe since Origin. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yep. Uh, we've got the Roosters versus Cowboys, uh, Saturday 3 p.m. at the SCG. Egan Butcher is back from suspension on the bench, and Ben Thomas moves back to the reserves. North Queensland Cowboys, Jordan McLean returns on the bench after suffering a hamstring injury Macca. in Origin 3 camp. How do you see this one playing out? This is going to be – this is another game you could say would could possibly be the match of the round. If, yeah. it, if it wasn't Melbourne-Penrith uh, tonight, like you could there's, – there's a couple of games here. So I actually think these guys are playing for more. Yeah. Because, like, Penrith's Pen- 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 minor premierships, in reality. Like, they're going to win the minor premiership. Okay. Storm, I highly doubt they're dropping out of the eight. Mm-hmm. Um, no. You know, even it though just I'm, depends where they finish, top four or bottom yeah. four. Yeah. Yep. Whereas these guys are literally fighting for finals footy. Mm. So I, that's where I think there could be fireworks. Yeah. Well, cow- like, I'd like to think Cowboys finish top four. Yes, that's true. Okay. But this is this, the big ones around the Roosters, and they found some really good form. Really good form of late. They, they've, they've won four in a row. Mm-hmm. They're going for five on the trot. Uh, I don't think there's any team in the competition that has won that many. No, there hasn't. The, the closest is the Cowboys, who have won three in a row. Oh, really? So not even the Panthers? Well, no, they, they suffered a loss, didn't they? Against Parama- Parramatta, mate, last week or a couple of weeks ago. Oh, you mean currently? Oh, on, I'm, talking, on a... I'm talking current runs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not talking about wins this yeah, season. Yeah, I thought season. I was like, <laughs> no. Penrith have only lost the two, but um, I'm, I'm talking about their current winning streak. Um, yep, yep. Okay, so okay. they've got the best winning streak at the moment, the Roosters. They've, they've won four in a row, looking for five. Um, next best is the Cowboys. They've won three. Um, I, I can't believe the Cowboys are outsiders. Neither can like, I, like check out, check out If you want to check out some markets, check out the great people at Top Sport mm. um, and gamble responsibly, but... I can't believe they're outsiders. I honestly can't either. It, it, like, it only has to be because, what, they're travelling to Sydney? It must be. It must be. Well, you've got the team running second at the moment um, and, and and playing, like, some pretty good footy. They've got the return of Jordan McLean, who's been huge this year for them. It must be just having to travel to Sydney and, and taking on probably a team that's, that's you know, playing the best they've played all year. Yeah. Has to be. Has to be that because even the teams they've beaten this on this run, it's not like they've beaten. You know, they beat the Broncos, who is who's on a bit of a form slump. But yep. outside of that, yep. they've beaten I think lower tier teams, if I recall correctly. But yes. I could be wrong. Anyway, um, I'm but in saying all that, I'm actually going to back the Roosters to get the win. Yeah, okay. I just I I personally just think that I think Trent has. As you said, like this is the best they've played all year. Yep. And I've actually got a lot of comments, uh, you know, giving me teasing me because all year I've been saying Trent's been tinkering like with the way he wants to play. Yep. And I think he's finally found the way he wants to play. And the way the reason why mm. I say that is when you look at their bench, I'm not sure about this week, but usually he has three small men on the bench. Yeah. Which is like unheard of. Mm-hmm. And so clearly he has a very uh, specific game plan of just high, high speed through the ruck. Um, long minutes from his his middle forwards. Yep. Uh, 
So I think Roosters get the job done. Yeah, well, you, you see that you see that when Connor Watson comes on the field. Yeah, and he's been a big part of these um, four wins in a row. Like mm-hmm. he's been quite damaging when he comes on and and runs and takes on those bigger men. Mm. It's it's a clear tactic: is start big mm. and powerful, and then bring on some fast men as the game uh, gets older and older. Mm. But you're right. I, I, I'm I'm actually going to tip the Cowboys. Okay, I'm going to tip the Cowboys because they've been in great form. Pretty much all year. Mm. They're running second. And I re- I agree with you. If you look at the Roosters and the comp- and the teams that they've had those four wins against over the last month, it was the Broncos. The Broncos forgot. They didn't get off the bus last week. Oh, man. I don't know what was going on there. They just, they just didn't turn up with the right attitude at all. They beat Manly without seven players. Mm-hmm. Remember? That, that was the, the jersey mm-hmm. fiasco when seven players withdrew from the match. Um, the previous week to that, they beat Newcastle, who were just were going awful. Mm. And I think Caelan Ponga had a head knock that night, so they played without yes. him. So they mm. played with 16 men. And then previous to that, they played St. George. Yeah. So like you're saying, that the, they've had they've had great wins and they've won four and and you know, wins are wins. They all they all count, but they haven't played a team of the quality of the Cowboys mm. for quite some time. Yeah. That's the thing. So I'm 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 going to go to the Cowboys in this one. Okay. We've, there's a few different picks this week. And I'll tell you another reason why the Cowboys want to come down and play well and win. If they if they want to take out the whole competition, yep. at some stage, they're going to have to play a big game in Sydney. Yes. Away from home. Yeah. So there it is. Good practice this weekend, boys. How interesting if you – there was a really interesting interview, uh, Matty Johns with Toddy Payton. If you yep. get a chance, check that out. I think it's on – Hayo, uh, really, really interesting talking about, you know, his methods and, and some of the things he felt he got wrong or right last year. Right. Now, onto the Tigers versus the Cronulla Sharks. I feel like the Cronulla Sharks, they're just swimming along nicely. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I mean, no, like, it's crazy to think these guys are a genuine premiership threat, yet I, I just no, don't. No, I was talking about them. The pressure is, just doesn't seem to be on them. Mm. It just doesn't seem to be on them. And the run home is not too bad at all for them. They've got the Tigers this week, so... Anyway, Tigers, Kemamalo is out with injury. Mm-hmm. Stafford Toa shifts to the wing and James Roberts starts at centre. Zane Musgrove starts at prop. Often Galway moves to lock and Fanua Bole uh, to the bench. Mm-hmm. And then for the Sharkies, Lockie Miller has been named on the wing for Connor Tracy. Uh, Dale Fanukin returns from suspension. Cam McGuinness moves to the bench. Matt Moylan's still out with a quad injury, so Braden Trindle stays at 5'8". Thoughts? Um, yeah, I think I think Cronulla win this. Um West Tigers failed to beat Newcastle last week, so that was a bludger of a game. Not, not it's oh not, God. it's not great reading for for West Tigers um, going into this one. Um, I think, I, oh, I think they're just, I think they're just idling along, Cronulla. Mm. I, I, they played some wonderful footy in the first sort of two thirds of the season. I think over the last month, I think they're just bumbling along though. Okay. Uh, and, and that's maybe why you, know, you haven't seen too many things said or written about Cronulla and then they're, they're just flying under the radar a little bit. Like they they only beat the Dragons last week by six. Okay. And that's a that's a bit of a derby game. So maybe maybe St. George got up for that one. But previous to that, they got taken to Golden Point by the Rabbits. Um they they were beaten convincingly by Penrith. Mm. The previous week, so that's another. Yeah, you know, they that's that's who the, I guess everyone's saying is the favourites for the premiership. 
and they just they, they sort of snuck past Cowboys. So mm. they're not they're not winning games like in convincing style, mm. that, which is what I'm saying. Mm. I'm not saying they're playing poorly, mm. but they just I, I think they're just they're just idling along at the moment. I think they really need to try and start finding another gear to to take some momentum into finals because I don't I don't think they're a I don't think they're a team and there's not many teams like Penrith. I don't think they're a team like Penrith who can just you know do what they have to do, do what they have to do and then just go bang and explode. Yeah. Because it's really interesting the Sharks like for their ladder and them finishing second, they have almost the best run. They have the Tigers, they have the Manly Seagulls, they got the Bulldogs and yeah. the Knights. But for their finals hopes, that's a you want a tough run home to get you hardened for the finals. That's right. So that may be a little bit of worry. But in saying that, maybe it rests their bodies. I'm not sure. You know, maybe they, they don't have those tough matches that bashes them around. I'm not yeah. sure. I, I, the, the thing, the thing, if you have a scenario of that, and that's out of your control, okay? Mm. So you're always trying in these situations when you're playing elite sport, you control the things you can control. You can't control who you're playing week to week. That's mm. that's been done a long time ago. The draw, okay. What you can do is. You can you can have a ruthless mindset of no matter who we're playing, let's just treat it like we're playing Melbourne Storm. Mm. Let's treat it like we're playing Penrith Panthers every week. So then you have that you train yourself to have that mindset. So because you will be facing one of those sides at some stage in the final series. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, I'm going to have to agree with you there, Smithy. You've got a bit of experience in that area. Um, <laughs> I had one final series and we got beaten by you guys on the buzzer. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, oh, mate. Far out. Talk about a downer. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, we're going to head back. We're going to continue to preview the round, guys. After the break, we've got a million texts. We're going to get to your texts. Call in 1300 01 1170. Text 0457 736 736. And we'll see you on the other side. Holy schnitz. Time now for the sporting highlight of the week. Thanks to schnitz. Home of fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzels. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Time for one of my favourite moments of the whole week. It's holy schnitz sporting moment. Now, I know I broke the cardinal. The rule of all rules is not to have more than one holy schnitz in a, in a week, but I did. I did. I I yelled okay. it twice this week. Yes. And my nomination was Ricky Stewart's post-match press conference. <laughs> I seriously yelled, holy schnitz. I think that was yelled right across the country. Wow. Uh, my jaw was hanging down going, did he just say what I think he said? Uh, so that was my holy schnitz moment. But as I said, he's apologized. He's getting punished. Hopefully we just, uh, hopefully it never happens again. Yes. Let's hope not. I don't think it will. Sure. It's not. the first of its kind so yeah, that, we, that we know of. So, um, uh, do you want my nomination? I would love your Holy Schnitz nomination. Okay, my Holy Schnitz nomination was when I heard reports. Now, reports. Yes. Okay, let's get that out there. Reports not not confirmed yet. Reports that Aussie golfer Cameron Smith, my namesake, has signed with Live Golf. Do you know how much for? How much? 140 Million. Holy schnitz. 140 million Australian dollars. Holy schnitz. Now, Holy schnitz. Now, they are reports. Yeah, they're just reports. Just reports. So let's not get too carried away until it, it is confirmed by uh, Cameron Smith, the golfer. But that's what we are hearing. Mate. 140 million. I went, holy schnitzels. Why did that Cam Smith get 140 million? Crazy. Why didn't, I, why didn't I say, oh, no, Dad, Mum, I'm going to play golf? You should forge the signature. 
You should go pretend to be him. <laughs> Show the ID. They I, wouldn't know. I, well, I don't have a mullet. <laughs> I'll grow one. Oh, no. We talked about this. The skullet. We talked about this. The oh, skullet. Mate. I said to my kids, I'll grow a skullet. They just laughed. They said, yeah, go on, Dad. Go on. <laughs> They'd love it, mate. No, I can't. I can't because my young fellow, like, he's like, oh, no, I'll grab, I'm growing a mullet. I said, yeah. Never, ever will you grow a mullet. <laughs> At least until you're 18 when you can make your decision on what haircut you have, boy. You're not having it, mate. I, I just oh, guess it with me, yeah. little fella. But anyway. Just imagine you say, no, you can't, and then you roll in with a that's mullet. What, oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. No, yeah. It won't happen. Uh, no. They were our holy schnitz sporting moments, thanks to schnitz. Got that winning taste right now? Schnitz handcrafted schnitzels made fresh and made just for you. After the news, we'll continue our round 22 preview. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cam Smith. Make sure to download the SEN app or you can listen to us on Apple and Spotify. You follow the Captain's Run on Apple and Spotify. Plus, give at SEN League a follow on Instagram. All your rugby league news will be there. But first of all, we've got the big match, (laughs) biggest match of the round. Okay. Broncos Knights, Suncorp Stadium. The fans are frothing. They're waiting. They bated breath for this match. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got Tamade Martin. Returns at fullback, while Brenko Lee replaces Dean Mariner at centre. The Newey Knights, we've got Jacob Clifford out with a fractured arm. We've got Adam Clune returns at halfback. Clemmer returns at prop, while Matt Croker replaces Mitch Barnett at lock, who is out with a thumb injury. Smithy, how do you see this game panning out? Well, they need to bounce back, don't they, Broncos? Oh. I was about to say they need to get back on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be more apt for, say, the Cowboys. Because yes. Broncos are a horse. Yes, so they need to get they need back to, on the course. Yes, they need to get back on the course. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I love it. Um, they, no, they, like, in all seriousness, they do. And, uh, oh, look, if they were to lose to Newcastle at home, what does that mean for their season and what does that mean for Broncos fans? If they lose to Newcastle at home, that would be the most, that would be the most disappointing thing that I've experienced all season long. Like it, for, it for, just for the Bronx, for the Bronx, yep. for the fans, but mainly, mainly for the players because they're the ones that have worked their asses off to get to where they are. Yeah. And so it's not the fans, and obviously you have to care about the fans and you know ex players, all that kind of stuff. You have to care, but mm, mm. at the end of the day, you are the playing group. You are the playing group. You're yeah. the ones that are letting down yourself. This season's for you, exactly. Yeah. And the same people. <clears throat> that love you, that are writing all these positive articles and how good the Broncos are back, the old days are back, Kevy's the best. They're the same people that are going to write the articles saying that you guys are inexperienced, you were bad signings, Mm -hmm. that you didn't turn up, that you've made wrong decisions in your recruitment, that the old Broncos isn't there, the spirit. They're the same people. So for yourself – you need to, we need to turn up as a team and get so, the job done. Okay, so how do they how do they turn around their last fortnight of footy? What what's been the biggest issue for you? Do you think? Well, attitude, you, yeah. like game plan. What is it? It's I personally think they miss Paddy Carrigan massively. I think that he's such a leader that he can get them up for games. Now, yep. someone's texted in and texted in and said uh, from McHugh, they said the Broncos didn't turn up last week because it had their first five day turnaround, which is yeah can play a part, but still that doesn't that doesn't uh, excuse. Uh, attitude. Mm. You could tell in the first twenty minutes. I think that might be a little bit of a dig at they they don't get five day turnarounds. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think that that's what Had might be. First. Okay, you got me there. A little, One bit, nil. Of t- little bit of tongue, tongue in cheek. cheek. You got me there. One nil. Because um, <laughs> they're always Friday, <laughs> On the Friday you know nights. I mean? Yep, yeah. yep. Um, but yeah, I think they. Yeah, Paddy Carrigan is a big miss. Like missing him a lot. Yep. Um, well, he's out for another two games. Yeah, absolutely. And so. 
I just think it's all about that first 20 minutes. Like, you look at the first 20 minutes from the Roosters, mm. they came there to win because yep. the energy was up. They were aggressive, the line speed. Mm-hmm. As soon as the, the Broncos warmed into the match, they, they started playing some good footy. Yep. So it's all just about sometimes in seasons, and we've all been guilty of it, sometimes in seasons when you're going really well, you start thinking that things are just going to come naturally. Yep. And you forget that you have to earn the right every week to get the win. And okay. I just think that's kind of happened a little bit. So do you, oh, okay. So, so it's more of a mental thing. Just a mental a physical thing. thing. Definitely not you a physical thing. You reckon they've just thing. sort of gone, oh, we're going all right here and we'll just turn up and things will happen? Yeah, I, I okay. think that they've just, just – it's a long year. It's a really long, long year. And so mm-hmm. they've just got in the grind and they think, oh, okay, you know, we'll, we'll take a – you know, we'll relax a little bit here or we'll relax a little bit there. I think they need to come out and, and remember exactly. I mean, for a period there, they were playing with the most energy of any team nearly in the comp. Absolutely. Uh, have, a look, have a look at only a few weeks ago against Parramatta. Yeah. Come out and just – Blew them off the park with Absolutely. with attitude. That's that's how they beat them. Mm-hmm. They, had a, they had a better attitude than Parramatta, and and they beat them at home. Like they they beat them at Combank Stadium. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think for Brisbane, this is this is a really big one. They need to get their season back on track with with this game, um, and and you can't you can't just write Newcastle off either. Yeah, okay, no they, so they won last week without David Clemmer. He returns to the side um, after after being stood down for a week. Uh, Mitch Barnett is out with a thumb injury. Jake Clifford out also, fractured arm. It just hasn't been a great year for, for Jakey. Um, so Adam Clune returns to halfback. And you've seen Newcastle go up to Brisbane and play well. Mm-hmm. And play well. So, um, yeah, I, I, they just got to put aside who they don't have, their main man being Patrick Carrigan, mm. who leads the side in a lot of that stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. With with you know attitude to defence, you know he pr- produces great line speed. Um, he's got um, huge work rate, lots of carries, lots of tackles. Does a lot of the little things on the field really well. That helps all of his other teammates. Mm. He's not there for a further two games. Mm-hmm. So this one and and the following week, um, which is against Storm, I think. Mm. I think it's against. I think it's against Melbourne. Um, so they need to get on with business without Patrick Carrigan, mm-hmm. and they need to let like. Seriously, they don't have Kalen Ponga, so there is no excuse. That's there right. is no excuses whatsoever. Um, so I'm hoping for a big, big response from the Brizzy boys. And looking at if they're looking big picture now, you know some some clubs like to look into the, in, look ahead. You know, yeah. maybe a few weeks, or some some clubs don't. They just mm. want to go game by game. For the Broncos, leading into the finals, great opportunity to to just consolidate their finals berth or maybe even a top four position because they've got the, their next three matches are at home, Kempi. Yeah. Well, they don't travel. They don't travel until the last round where they go down and play um, the Dragons. Mm. So they got Newcastle at home. They've got Storm at home. And then they've got Parramatta at home. Mm. Yeah. Look, it's a, it's a good run. Like the fact that we've got all these games at home, uh, especially we, if we do make the top four, uh, it'd be great to just get that comfortable feeling when you're playing at Suncorp. But uh, just to Newey quickly, I know the season is over, but it's all about, it's all about if, for example, like if you do like your coach, if you do like the head coaching staff as a player, I almost believe that they're playing for these guys' future. Like if you want this mm. coach to still be there, yeah. if you really do get along with him and you believe he's the right guy going forward as a playing group, you need to turn up and play for him. Yep. Because they could be gone. Absolutely. And it's and, and you know, if again, if you believe he is the guy to, to take you forward, that means it's your fault because mm. you, you, you've let him down. You've let your coach down. So yep. 
hopefully they can do that. And I thought the first half, at least the first 20 last week, the Knights played fantastically. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was just a second half. So many errors. But um, huge, huge game for the Brizzy Broncos. Hopefully they get the job done. Now the Raiders versus the Dragons. Um, Tarpane is out with a rib injury. Uh, Gula replaces him to start. Horsberg joins the bench. Savage returns at fullback. Albert Hopperwadi replaces Nick Kotrick on the wing, who was out with suspension. Dragons, Josh Maguire replaces the suspended Tarek Sims. Fui Mayono joins the bench. Uh, Michael Molo has been promoted to the starting side, replacing his brother Francis. How do you see this game playing mm. out? Tarpany, big out. Huge out. Big out. Uh, he's been so good for Canberra this year. So mm. good. Um, although I like the return um, Savage to fullback um, from an ankle injury. Mm. Um I think Canberra. Galvanised for Ricky? I think Canberra. I think if there's any team outside the eight right now that can finish finals bound, it's this team. Mm. I mean, it, they got the team for it. Yeah. They got the team for it. Uh, I think that Canberra have a big game. I really do. I, I mean, I'd be surprised if they don't get up for Ricky. You yeah. know, they, they seem to really back Ricky. I mean, there was a period there where there seemed to be a bit of friction, but mm-hmm. it seems like they've come back around and, and yeah. they're all getting along really well. I think they, they turn up for Ricky for sure. Yeah. They, um, yeah, I think so. Mm. I think so. Playing at home, um, St. George, they've got, well, Tarek Sims is out for the remainder of the year. He's been suspended four games. That's a, that's a huge out for them. Uh, Did you think that that was a send off or 10 in the bin? Um, given, (laughs) yeah, it's a different, it's a difficult one because it wasn't a great look. The young fellow got stretched off, Mm. um, yeah, what did he get? He got 10 in the bin, didn't he? Yeah, I, I agree with 10 in the bin, to yeah. be honest. I, I felt that although, you know, he did full contact forceful, he did fall yeah. into it because he was getting chopped low. The, the, I tell you what, I tell you why the argument starts whether it should be a send off or a sin bin is because we're seeing now, like, because there's such a crackdown on high contact. Mm. When, when, when defenders almost like graze people across the face, they're getting put in the bin for 10 now mm. compared to that one where. Yeah, yeah there, genuine there, contact, genuine contact and force, and although there was there was, um, you know, it, it wasn't reckless. Yeah, it was mitigating circumstances. Yeah, um, he goes he goes to the bin. Mm. Okay, if if it, if it was just a one on one tackle and it was a classic swinging arm and cops him high and, and the same result where he goes down and gets stretched off, he gets sent easily. Yeah, for sure, easily, and he should. And he should. I I think that's where the argument starts and and there's confusion is. We've seen, we've seen minimal contact mm. with with you know the head or the face or the neck from you know high contact this year, and players go to the bin. Mm-hmm. Where 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 the where the guy that gets hit high bounces straight up, mm-hmm. but because it's high contact, that player sent to the sin bin. I, I think that's where the argument starts, yeah. and and the questions raised. Well, okay, we're we're seeing minimal contact, players going to the bin, and mm. no injury as a consequence of the high contact. Yet we have a guy stretched off the field due to high contact, and he and and the defending player only gets ten to the bin as well. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So Absolutely. if you if you look at it from that way, Kempi, you're probably saying, well, he should have been sent off. Mm. But I, I'm with you. I think a sin bin was adequate. And also, he's going to miss four weeks. You know. Yeah. Well, so that, that's that, that's where the punishment is. Yeah. I think we're getting a little bit confused where we think, oh, you know, the, we should match up what happens in the game to the MRC. The MRC are there for a reason. Mm. So they get a good look at it, and then they determine what the punishment is. Yeah. At, at the time, the referee had a look at it and goes, mate, high contact and forceful, you get 10 in the bin. Yeah. 
No, I uh, I agree. Uh, Canberra Raiders, yeah, Dragons. Look, Dragons are in a very, just a strange spot right now. You know, uh, two assistant coaches won't be there next year. James mm. Graham also was moved on, so it said that his uh, role wasn't. Now he's not in the coaching staff. He has helped with coaching. He has yes. helped with wrestling and, and the juniors. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in an interesting spot, aren't they? Ser- mm. Like, are they are they progressing? Do you think, or are they just what's going on? Well, not really. Not really. They're yeah. they're in a similar situation as the last year. Yeah, I think they've had some some standout moments throughout the season, but I think in the end it's resulted. Well, sorry, it's it's got the same result as last year, mm. where they're sort of they're thereabouts, but not really. Um, and they've just struggled for consistency this year. Yeah. And it's always the you know, the conversations always had about do you do you do you put the young blokes in and just keep them there. Mm. Like there's been a lot of chopping and changing this year, hasn't there, with yeah, the Dragons? Absolutely. With their lineup. Well, I, like, look, to be honest, I thought Sloan should have got a little bit longer, a little bit more of an opportunity to, to I guess, earn his spot. Now, I know Ramsey did eventually come in and play really well. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Sloan was brought on the weekend and you could just tell his confidence wasn't there. Yep. And so, I guess, yeah, it's a con- I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about the Dragons. I don't think they've recruited as well as they maybe should have. Yep. Um, maybe there's no one on the market for them. I'm not sure. But I just think that... This year, their recruitment seemed to be more of a stopgap of like, okay, we'll get some veterans in for a bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. But I thought that the plan after that would be then we go hard for some bigger names. Yeah. Um, well, there's been news this week about possibly Andrew McCulloch retiring. Yeah, which is interesting. And then who who were they saying? Was there was there a name tossed up about a possible replacement for him going into dummy half? I don't think so. I don't think there so. There was someone, I forget. But, but yeah, there's another one. Mm. And they've let goes of guys of like Reese Robson, mm. you know, like so. Yeah, really interesting times for Dragons. Hopefully, they can uh, pull through. Uh, now we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to preview Gold Coast Titans versus a must-win game for the Manly Seagulls. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Now let's get straight into it, Smithy. We got the Titans versus Manly. Aaron Clark returns at hooker after seizing any injury to Aaron Booth. Sending oh. our best wishes to Boothie. Yes. Uh, while Isaac Liu will start at lock. Manly. They have uh, Sipley has been named to start at prop. Paseca sidelined by a knee injury. Josh Alaya returns from a knee injury on the bench, but Sean Kepi is still out with a shoulder injury. Mm. How do you see this game panning out? Well, for half a game, I actually um, I, I thought Manly were going to win that match last week against Parramatta. So, um, yeah, I think they bounced back okay from the week where they were missing a. a a host of players. Um, Gold Coast Titans, huge blow. Um, Aaron Booth. Now, I know they're not in finals contention, but I thought he's been one of their best players over the last month mm. since he got his opportunity to play first grade um, with the Gold Coast. But Aaron Clark, um, he's played the majority of the season at hooker. So he goes back into that number nine role. Isaac Liu, back to 13. Mm, difficult one. Difficult one. I think Manly, if they if they play anywhere near their best footy, I think that will be too good for Gold Coast. Mm. But I don't know. What what do you think the mindset would be of of Manly right now? Are they thinking, oh, results need to go our way, or are they thinking, hey, listen, let's just go and win, mm. oh, and, I, and and whatever else happens, happens. I'm thinking they're looking at their draw, which is not too bad. I think they got one tough game. They're looking at the draw. They genuinely could win their last four games. So I think if they win their last four games, they, they not guarantee because, you know, 
the Broncos could go and win every game and, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But they put themselves in really, really good stead. So I think Manly are going out thinking season's on the line. Every every game, season's on the line. Yeah, okay. Every game. So I think Manly come out and win and win uh, quite solidly. Yeah, well, they have to, don't they? They really have to. And they have to be really, really careful. Um, we got some breaking news here. And it's uh, really sad news. The Rugby League world is in mourning with the sudden death of Premiership winning coach Paul Green. The 49-year-old passed away at his Brisbane home this morning, Thursday. A post-mortem will be carried out to determine the cause of his death. This is, this is shocking news. Friends have revealed Green had not complained about being ill and have been left shocked and devastated by his passing. Mate. Well, that's shocking. Let's go to a break. If you're just tuning in, very sad uh, part of the day. Breaking news, Paul Green, former North Queensland Cowboys coach, has passed away at the age of 49. It's uh, certainly rocked myself and Kempi in the studio and, and everyone in the rugby league world. And Kempi, you had a little bit to do with Greeny. Yeah, I was fortunate enough. He was my kick and catching coach when I was coming through at the Broncos. And he was also my coach uh, when I was at Wynnum. Uh, you know, I, a small amount to do with him. But in the time that I did, it was actually really interesting. The year that I was at Wynnum, um, I ended up signing with another club to leave. But we had a really tough start to the season. Really tough. Lost quite a few games. But Greeny managed to turn the Wyndham Seagulls around. They won the premiership that year. So he's a fighter. Uh, it's a very sad day. Very, very sad day to see Greeny go like that. Yep, sad news. Uh, premiership coach, of course, with the North Queensland Cowboys in 2015. And, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a sad day for everyone involved. The rugby league family, the rugby league community. And we send our best wishes and condolences out to the entire Green family. Follow up after the news. Julian King will have much more on this story uh, on the sad passing of Paul Green.